Jesus said, Behold, I come quickly. 2,000 years ago, his words came to pass. AD 70, Jerusalem surrounded by armies. The temple destroyed. Sacrifices ceased. The end of the age. So where are we at on the prophetic timeline of history? Jesus said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And that we have been made kings and priests to reign here on earth. The Revelation Red Pill, the kingdom of God is now. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Red Pill Wednesday. We've got with us our very best friends in the whole wide world, Serge DeRosa and Corey Gray in the house to finish the discussion that we started in episode three. Leah, it's been that long. It's been I a went while. back and looked. We started in Matthew 23 and we ended up in the middle, smack in the middle, roughly, of Matthew 24. Now, as we're talking about modern end times theory and kingdom now and all of the. Got a we... little echo. Who's echoing? Am I echoing? Uh. Oh, that's the, I think that might be, no, that's just Corey's dogs. Okay. Uh, when we're talking about all this stuff, one of the biggest, most amazing, incredible chapters used by both sides of the discussion is Matthew 24. And when you realize what Jesus was talking about in Matthew 24, and we talk about 23 and 25 and 26 all together with it, but specifically Matthew 24 is the phrase that you're going to hear a lot. You're, you're going to start to see, wait a minute, this is Jesus describing how everything changes. Yeah. Everything changes. So tonight, we're really going to dig into it. We left you kind of on a cliffhanger in the middle of Matthew 24, so we're back. Finally, after the last four, five, six weeks, it's been five, I think, the last five weeks, to jump back into that. And don't worry, if you did not see that episode, you can go back and watch it. We will make sure that you know exactly where we're at and exactly what we're talking about. You can really, you will be able to switch these episodes and go back and watch episode three again later. Okay, right. so Corey Gray, Serge DeRosa, welcome back to Revelation Red Pill Wednesday. Yes, we're excited to be here. Let's do this. All right, Leah, I'm going to switch mics here because we're on the wrong mic. Where do you want to kick this puppy off? We actually didn't get it. Here's, here's how professional the four of us are. We had zero discussion <laughs> about how tonight is going to go. No, it's yeah, not about it? being professional. It's about being led by the Holy Spirit. No, I'm not. I'm, there I'm, you go. I, no, it truly is. I actually was kind of hoping if uh, one of you would open us up in prayer. My mom said specifically, she goes, I want you guys tonight to ask for wisdom yes. as you're speaking. Love it. All right. Well, I'll start us out then. So, Father God, thank you so much that you have revealed some of this stuff to us that we're going to share tonight. I pray that you would be speaking through us. And yes, we ask for your wisdom, your grace, your discernment for everyone hearing. And I pray that through tonight, we would all grow to a greater level of knowledge of you and what you want done in this earth now for each and every one of us and for us together in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Yes. You know, um, behind the scenes, you guys, we've been having a lot of discussions and I kind of wanted to start out by saying, 
that when it comes to eschatology, study of the end times, there are like a lot of views and it's okay. It's okay to have questions and you should have questions. And what we never want you to do and what I never want you to do, and you should know that about resistance chicks already, is do not take my word for it. Don't say, well, resistance chicks said this about this passage or about, or about this, okay? Use your own logic, use your own wisdom, and hopefully my goal and our goal on our show whenever we're talking about the public school system or the Federal Reserve is to bring you enough facts so that you see it through the lens that I see it. But if you don't, that's okay. All right. And so we get in a lot of these things, we get a little passionate. And I do want to say this, there are a lot of views when it comes to um, this side of the aisle. And if you guys are new to this side of the aisle, meaning Revelation and Matthew 24, or at least a good portion of Revelation is fulfilled and Matthew 24 is fulfilled, and it was fulfilled in 8070 because Jesus said that all these things would happen in this generation. If you're, if you're new to this, then, and you start to study these things, you're going to come up with a lot of terms in your search box. You're going to come up with preterism. What does that mean? That means something that was prophesied in the Old Testament is fulfilled. If you believe that Jesus Christ was prophesied in the Old Testament, that he died and rose again, you're a preterist. Every single Christian is a preterist of some sort. And then there's a scale on how much of the New Testament you think has fulfilled or how much of the Old Testament you think is fulfilled, okay? And so I think our goal is to have a really healthy discussion. But I will say this, when it comes to Matthew 24, it's not a lot of room for debate, Come on. okay? But there, there is a lot of room for debate on things that are not as clear okay but when it comes to matthew 24 i think that that's the part where um we've had even barry say to us and he is an atheist he's our resident agnostic, yeah he's been with us for six years and he's like i think you're actually making me believe that this jesus is real because <laughs> he said all these things and then they came to pass I told you that this Matthew 24, specifically the Olivet Discourse, and it's not just Matthew 24, you know Matthew 24, the, the lesser known passages would be uh, Luke 21 and Mark 13, and there's actually a little bit more in Matthew uh, 13 and Matthew 10, there's a little bit more, they, throughout all the Gospels they pick it out, but there's a time when Jesus actually... Um, goes through this and it's, it's it's on the Mount of Olives and it's called the Olivet Discourse because he's talking on the Mount of Olives. Let's bring it simple. Um, the best book on the, on this to explain and is um, this book and I left it with Serge when we saw him in Tulsa in 21. Um, this is called, this is by R.C. Sproul, The Last Days According to Jesus. And you know what's so cool about what he does is he will take the passages of um, Matthew and Luke and Mark, and you can see because they don't follow each other, and, and I know this is one of those discussions that Christians have all the time. Um, how come this scripture is different and it's told a little bit differently in the different gospels? Okay, but what's really cool is that the Olivet Discourse, and he... Like what he does 
as you can see this barely kind of but you can get an idea so every single part of what what we were going through and and basically matthew 24 so in my blog do they have a link to the blog i'll get it okay so in in my blog on matthew 24 and i do believe i do go in a little bit into matthew 25 and i think if we have some time tonight you know we'll let Corey and, and uh serge run with a little bit on that but oh she's gonna let you guys run <laughs> so like so so what rc sproul will do is matthew 24 1 through 2 says then jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came to him and show him the buildings of the temple and then mark says and then as he went out of the temple one of his disciples said to him teacher see what manner of stones are on the building and luke 21 says then as some uh, spoke of the temple how it was adorned how beautiful stones so it literally it, it's really cool the way he breaks this down and you can see um that they all ask the same question right when will these things be what will be the sign that we'll know of your coming and the end of the age now these are very interesting questions to ask okay what is the sign of your coming and when is the end of the age serge Corey, do you want to talk about what it what is the difference between an aeon and age and the and the cosmos and the world? Yeah, all right. So I'll share real quick and then if Serge has anything. So in the King James, it says, What will be the sign in Matthew 24, I think two or three? Um, it says, What will be the sign of the end of the world, right? Most versions don't say that. It says, what will be the sign? Yeah, number, verse three, what will be the sign of your coming in the end of the world, King James? Okay, now RSV actually says age. NIV says age. Almost all other versions say age. Okay, so most people started out with King James and still stick to King James. Right, and right. And that's what they do even here in Nicaragua. It's all King James. Right. And it says world. So, and then it says heavens and earth mm -hmm. later. So people think, oh, this is talking about the planet, but it actually, the word is aeon, which is a messianic time period. They were asking, what will be the sign of your coming, the destruction of the temple, and the end of the age? Because they knew that this temple, if it was destroyed, like Jesus said, that would be the end of the Mosaic age. Mm -hmm. They were asking, what is the sign of the age of Moses, where they had to worship in the temple, not planet? And mm -hmm. so reason why it confuses so many people is because later it says the heavens and the earth will be destroyed right and and it says that in other places but what they don't get is that the temple was called the heavens the earth and the sea right so the word cosmos means all of god's created ordered system god so loved the cosmos right and, and that means you know the whole planet and that's not the word here if it was the destruction of the planet, it would be the word cosmos, mm -hmm. or at least the word gay, the dirt, land, soil, terrestrial, globe. And it's none of those two words. It's the word age. It's a time period. Mm -hmm. You guys can look that up for yourself. Right, right. Yeah. Sir, do and you have anything can, on that? Yeah, let me read you a scripture. It's Hebrews 9.26. And it's using the same word. It says, he then, talking about Jesus, would have had to suffer often since the foundation of the world but now and he's talking about their time period paul the writer of hebrews is saying right now once at the end of the ages mm. talking about their time 
he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. That's so right there's a timestamp because that's when Jesus put away sin by sacrificing himself on the cross. Mm -hmm. And it's timestamping it to the end of the age. And, you yeah. know, we're all of us here are big on word studies. We love our word studies. And it's a very powerful thing. Like Corey says, go to your strongs. There's Bible apps out there. You can look up word studies. But when you look up the word world in Matthew 24 or ages anywhere else, it specifically will say every version I've seen, it will specifically say the end of the end of the Messianic period. Mm -hmm. So it's talking about the end of the Jewish ways, the temple, right. the Old Testament governance. So and you can go through your New Testament, even your old when you, if you can tie it together, but mainly through the New Testament scriptures. And every time it says age you'll start noticing, man, it really is talking about the Messianic period. Right. That time period was coming to an end. And as you know, we know, for the listeners that have been watching, that all came to a head in 70 AD when that age really did come to an end because yeah. that's when the temple was destroyed and sacrifices were no more. And it's really kind of a... Uh, a head turner for the disciples. It's really a hard pill for them to swallow. And they yeah. didn't understand until Jesus rose again and appeared to them what the kingdom was going to look like because they had a view. Okay. And it was mostly taken from Daniel. The reason Jesus went around calling himself the son of man was because Daniel is the most prophetic book on the coming of the Messiah. And Daniel refers to the Messiah as the son of man. So you think that Jesus is not going around calling himself the Messiah when he's just saying, I'm just the son of man. Okay. No, he's literally saying, I'm Daniel. <laughs> I'm the, I am the embodiment of Daniel. So when you look at Daniel and, and hopefully we'll get to that in the next few weeks, because Daniel is one of my favorite books. And it actually um, is a place that I think is almost easier to start because you can see its fulfillment through Jesus. Um, and then it gets you get your your taste buds wet so you can kind of see the other other things come into play. But with with Daniel, what they were waiting for, they were waiting for a Messiah to come at the end of the world, to judge everyone at the end of the world, to resurrect all of their friends and family that have gone before them. At the end of the world, Martha is talking to Jesus about this. I know he'll rise again at the resurrection. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Okay. So they were waiting for all, boom, 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 all these things to happen at one time. So when um, R.C. Sproul says here, as soon as Christ said that the temple would be destroyed, their thoughts immediately turned to the end of the cosmos, the end of the world. They assumed and associated because of how they were taught the coming of Christ with the end of the world as things that were incredibly inseparable um, with each other. Now, you're going to find that atheists will debate Christians on this and say, your Messiah is a false prophet because he said he was going to come and do A, B, C, and D, and he didn't come. Okay. And then you see, uh, there's a lot of timestamps that we'll go over as the Lord allows, 
uh, throughout the Old New Testament that things are falling away. Things are going to come quickly. Hold on. Hold fast. Just hang on just a minute, right? He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Just hang on. And he's talking to people to give them hope in a very present situation. So getting to Matthew 24, um, just to kind of go over, does anybody want to kind of go? Where did we leave off? I'm trying to remember exactly where we left off. I know we went through... um, it's, I think it's okay to actually overlap if we back. Yeah, I think it's fine to err on the side of backing it up a little bit. I'm, I'm happy for a refresher. to. I'm happy to do just a, sh- a short little refresher. So, um, I don't know why I've started. Oh, this is part two. Is this? It must be. Then just start there. Okay. So Matthew twenty four fifteen. Therefore, when you see the abomination desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of the house. Let him who is in the field not go back and get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and those who are nursing babies in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be a great tribulation such as has not been seen since the beginning of the world, uh, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened no flesh should be saved but for the elect's sake those days should be shortened we can hold on this for a little while here actually and Serge, maybe you want to take kind of the first part of that um dispensationalists have taken that those specific sets of of scriptures and they're like well that is going to apply at the quote-unquote second coming of christ right but it's talking about housetops it's talking about synagogues it's talking about all of these things that do not exist in our world right now. So, sir, yeah. do you want to kind of delve into that a little bit? I was dealing with technical issues. Okay, you no, uh, you're good. <laughs> Corey, did you hear any of that? 15 through 22, we were kind of... Yeah, just, I was dealing with the dogs. I got 10 dogs running I'm around. Happy, I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm sorry. I can talk all day long, baby. <laughs> and, and when one goes out there something, they're all like... You know, so, I'm, I'm so, all about it. I'm all about let's, it. Let's reset a second. What scripture are you on? I'm on what, Matthew what 24, 15 through 22. Okay, I got so you. So we're talking about, and, and yep, we're doing yep. a we're doing a refresher because um, we, guys, if you missed the first part of Matthew 24, go go back and watch so I that. I think we should just break it down verse by verse. I am. Go I'm to 15. Yeah. Verse yeah. 15, yeah, where it yeah. says, the abomination of desolation. We're this, but we did that last week. So Do it again, we're a refresher gonna, for Just people. refresh people. Abomination, desolation, who wants to take it? Anybody? Yeah, I think we talked about that. But so the abomination is the armies surrounding Jerusalem, right. which is referenced in Luke. Right. Right. So Luke explains it, Luke chapter 21, right? And it says to flee to the mountains, right? And so it's telling us of a location, it's telling us of a certain thing that's going to happen. Right. What is that thing? A lot of people actually think that it's some mysterious thing that we don't know about. Right. But it's spoken about in the account of luke and it's the army surrounding jerusalem when you see this flee right right i think we did talk about this last time because it was the culmination of all the destruction that was prophesied right right um but yeah let me it's okay to do a refresher it's kind of good it's kind of good so weeks now and it's been like a couple okay so here i'll just read it real quick so it's uh luke 21 20 it, it says destruction of Jerusalem foretold. So this is Luke's account of Matthew, right? Mm-hmm. That, and then it says, when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, yes. then you know that its desolation, its desolation has come near. 
then those in Judea must flee to the mountains, and those inside the city must leave it, and those out in the country must not enter it. For these are the days of vengeance as a fulfillment of all that is written. So the, all these judgments you're reading about in the prophets, this, this day of the Lord, this destruction, is talking about when Jerusalem gets destroyed. Right. And right. Jesus, that's the thing that people have a hard time figuring out, is Matthew 24 for the plant. No, read the context of 23, 24, and 25. It's all talking about Jerusalem. Yeah. Right? And so that, and that's what we're here just like trying to clear up, that this was a location being spoken about, and it actually happened. So what we're saying is, hey, Jesus, when he said all these things that happened in that generation, it did, and he got it right. Right. And right. people that say, no, it didn't happen, are actually saying Jesus got it wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. No, you're right. And and so, there's an interesting uh, historical, we, yeah. we parallel Josephus with this because yes. Josephus is giving basically a rundown of this Matthew 24 being fulfilled. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah. And so at, at one point, it wasn't just that Rome it, uh, surrounded Jerusalem. And I think we just, I think we discussed a little bit about why Rome was going after Jerusalem, but just for a little bit of a precursor, if you're just joining us, um, there was a messianic fervor at the time of Jesus Christ. Um, even one of the disciples was known as a zealot. They were hardcore. If you've seen the chosen, you, you know that these guys trained, they wanted to be warriors. They wanted to, they were ready. Peter, James, John, they were ready sword in hand to just bring the kingdom through brute force brute force they were tired of having being a vassal state of rome and there were things that uh the jews did it's called the jewish revolt especially in uh the the in about 63 a.d the jews really revolted but before that there were a lot of different skirmishes that happened that made rome pretty angry at the jews they were fighting they were like these pop-up like antifa type groups and prior to this we had peace and prior to this we they had a lot of yeah. peace exactly right. and so, so they had wars and rumors of wars and they did and that was new to them and so at one point you know the jews are deciding we're going to take on rome and um uh vespasian which was one of the um the, the generals that was in charge of getting these Jews in order, the Romans encircled Jerusalem on at least two occasions, okay? Under Vespasian in the initial siege and later under Titus, not long before the temple's final destruction. Of Vespasian's siege, Josephus comments, and now the war having gone through all the mountainous country and all the plain country, also those that were at Jerusalem were deprived of the liberty of going out of the city. For as to such as had a mind to desert, they were watched by the zealots. And as such to as such as were not yet on the side of the Romans, their army kept them in, encompassing the city round about this on all the sides. This is such an intense situation because the Jews had like, they're like, okay, we flee to Jerusalem. When things get hard, we go and it gets hard. And now they have no food because of the chaos going on inside. And they have, and, and it's just like complete insanity. And if you want to leave... You can't leave no, for two reasons. You can't leave. The Romans aren't letting you right. come out, and the zealots aren't letting you go out. Right. Right? I mean, this is just, it's so intense. We so, have to put yeah. ourselves in the intensity they even, of it. They even had control of the temple ceremonies. Yes. They had the 
they have the garments locked up. When when you read verse 15, the abomination that causes desolation, mm -hmm. it's best it's basically saying there's going to be a compromise. The temple is going to be compromised. Yeah. Mm, and so the good. Romans, they were in charge of the temple keys to even get the garments to have the ceremony. Yeah, so powerful. the the government of the temple had to go to the Romans to get permission to hold their ceremonies. Hey, let me let me have my garment so I can go into the Holy of Holies. Yeah, there that was, was a, it was an abomination going on. That was one yep. of the reasons that the, the the Jews were revolting, you know. And Luke 21 says, when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then flee to the hills. And after this first surrounding, it's actually, there's another three years in between this. So God gives him a, a decent amount of time. After the yeah. first surrounding, the Christians do flee to uh, Judea. Uh, in God's providence, Vespasian amazingly withdraws from the siege when Nero dies. Okay. The Christians then had an opportunity to escape. When you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, the first one, then flee. I can't go anywhere. What am I going to do? God moves them out. Okay. You can leave. And the early church father Eusebius says this. The people of the church in Jerusalem had been commanded by a revelation vouchsafe to approved men there before the war to leave the city and to dwell in a certain town of Perea called Pella. And when those that believed in Christ had come thither from Jerusalem, then as if the royal city of the Jews in the whole land of Judea were entirely destitute of holy men, the judgment of God at length overtook those who had committed such outrages against Christ and his apostles and totally destroyed that generation of impious This men. reminds me of when God told Mary and Joseph to take yeah. Jesus out. Like oh, yeah, God is going to protect his every single time. Yeah. And when the Roman soldiers finally obtained the upper hand in the temple, Josephus records how they raised their ensigns in the temple and bow to their pagan deity and offer incense to Caesar. The Romans, upon the flight of the seditious into the city and upon the burning of the holy house itself and all the buildings lying round about it, brought their ensigns. What you guys know what an ensign is? Anybody want to explain what an ensign is? It's just like a flag. It's like, like their banners, banner, their, right? You know. And what was on the Roman banner? An eagle. Mm, and there nice. are scriptures about the eagle um, yep. in Revelation. And when and and uh, and there they did offer sacrifices to them, and they did make Titus in, in um, imperator and the greatest acclamation with the greatest acclamations of joy. So um, that is obviously in a, as as Serge is saying, quite an abomination of desolation. Yeah. And someone in the chat so, says thank you for going back over this. Yeah. So uh, I, I want to grab this because in in what you're reading. Um, I'm going to put it in surge terms and go back a second. And that is the early church, the believers of the early church. They knew of this prophecy that when the army surround Jerusalem begin to flee and yeah. they knew about that. And it's recorded as you, as you just read mm -hmm. that when they saw that the armies backed off, they fleed just right. like Jesus said, they heeded to that prophecy. And so, and as we know, Josephus and, I, I can't remember the it's other a hard guy. name. Yeah. Yeah. So they they both talk about how the believers heeded to that prophecy of Jesus. They knew about it. They heeded to it, and not one believer was harmed in the destruction of Jerusalem or its yeah. temple. Not not even one. Yeah, it's huge. But over nearly a million Jews died, and a hundred thousand put into captivity. Yeah. But not one so Christian. Can I ask you guys something? Because I have a hard time seeing how we apply this to us today. 
It's a really good question. It, well, it says in, those in Judea, right? When you <laughs> see, to the mountains. What if I don't have oh, a mountain? What if I live in the Or in, in Judea or in Jerusalem or the, tem the temple's not even there. So how are people mm -hmm. applying this to today? Can I ask you guys that real quick? Because I think maybe I would help. Serge knows. He gets this conversation, conversation all the time. Basically, I, I, I was sent a video yesterday by a really close friend of mine named Jason Heidinger. <laughs> He's and, not here tonight, but he may come and, later. And, and he knew it was going to be a trigger. And it was uh, a local organization, let's put it that way, disproving, you know, probably some of the stuff we're saying. But they said, here's the reason I believe in the, in the rapture. And they said, you have to look at the Bible from the angle it was written. It started with the Jews and it's going to end with the Jews. I can't. Oh my gosh. So that's that's the only way you can make it apply does because it started say, with Jews. But it and doesn't with start with the Jews because Abraham right. wasn't like a Abraham right. certainly wasn't even a Jew. A Adam Jews wasn't. are from the line of Ju Judah. Adam wasn't. <laughs> There's ten tribes that aren't even Jews, man. Yeah. Yeah. So we just go back. It's the Zionists. Here it comes. Here Sorry. it comes. No, I just wanted to know because, like, obviously, I Was think Adam people watching this are going to realize it doesn't make think so. much sense. <laughs> Exactly, Corey. Okay, Corey, that goes to the, you know what? Let's that goes to the next verse. Let's go through these logically, okay? And then actually historically. Yeah. So again, when you're talking about reader relevance and how people, how do people apply these things now? Okay, you have to transliterate every single part of Matthew 24, including this yeah. section. So number one, um, let those who are, uh, let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. Well, even before that, though, well, there's signs even before that. First, it was addressed to the Sadducees, Pharisees, teachers of the law. Right. Second, there's talking about the temple. You right. have to ignore those two things. Third, we just addressed what end of the world is. It's actually end of the Messianic age. So you got to ignore that part also. Right. He's specifically talking to Judea. He's specifically talking about the abomination that we all know already happened. Right. And it never says it's going to happen another time. Well, that's why they say we have to rebuild another temple. Right. Right. But it doesn't address that. If here's, here's what I tell people. If my father said that my father recently moved out on the lake, he'd always wanted to live on the lake. This old house that we lived in, if he said, Hey, I'm moving over here and we're destroying that house. And so he destroys it. But my son wasn't there to see it destroyed. But my son hears of what my grandpa said. Does that mean it wasn't destroyed? No. And so I tell my son, hey, dad already, my dad already destroyed that house. Yeah. He's like, yeah, but he's going to destroy another one. Themselves. Yes. Or else it didn't happen. That's so good. Um, I've never heard. You I actually that. liked where That's you were really going good. with that. I was actually going to go with like the the seventeen through twenty two, but I liked how you did that. I just meant this like the 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 little thing. These are little things, right? So number one, yeah, um, let those who are let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out. Yes. Now, does anybody know how houses were built in um, in ancient Israel or in the, they in like the, they could walk on top of them and stuff? And they would sleep. They would sleep yes. on top. And they often used their, their, the, they were flat. They lived. It was a living, it was, there was living space right. on your rooftop. So you're hanging out a lot right. of times on top. Now, is anybody, does anybody do that now? 
Some people may, but not very I've many. Seen on top of your roof. I like it. Sounds fun. But they don't sleep on it. See, no, Corey, you don't on it. count because you live in like Dagon Utopia. <laughs> well, Jesus could come back in Nicaragua then if you guys are if you guys are hanging out on top of your roofs. There's Except nowhere for Judea though. Oh, oh. See, we missed verse 16. Let those who are in Judea that we just talked about that. I know. I just wanted to re re come back to it as we're going through them all. Okay. All right. So then, um, just to put that in context, you guys, nobody is on their rooftops now. We don't hang out on a rooftop, so yeah. that's not to you. All right. Um. Let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. Now, I don't have a problem with you guys. This one is one of those, huh? but how many people work in the fields? We're talking to a group of people that are agriculturally based. Mm -hmm. Okay. And again, I guess the Mexicans are only getting wrapped. You could translate that to your field of work. I'm just joking. What's your field? We got to, I know that's Computers. how they translate it. Automotive advertising. I guess you know. I guess I. But you might I'm leave in, your clothes I was in my field. But you I, might I don't even have a field. I have a garden, so this doesn't apply and to me. And do you ever leave your clothes out there? Well, Cor actually, you Corey do. has the field, so I guess he could. Okay. Uh, but woe to those who are pregnant and those who are nursing babes in those days. And that that could be applied to any time because well, you're traveling. But sadly, it's not as common as it used to those be. Those days, the days <laughs> of Jerusalem. Sadly, people say are that not again, having... Corey. I didn't hear you. No, it says those days. And I actually heard people, young people that have been taught that this is for today. Mm. They don't want to have kids. They told me they don't want to have kids. I had a whole group of young people say they yeah. don't really want to get married, don't want to have kids right. because yeah. how terrible it will be in those days. Right. And they think it's like in their day because yeah, they get right. taught that. It will and so they're not having kids. Right. That, so that's like very bad fruit. <laughs> yeah, it is. Right? Right. And then it says, and play, pray that your flight may not be in winter. Or here's the key one, and you guys can jump on this, or on the Sabbath. Who's he talking to? Jewish people, the Jewish nation. What, guys, we all walk anywhere on the Sabbath. And why do yeah. we, though? Why? What happened, whether in 70 AD or yeah. whatever time, what has happened from, from being Jewish? to Christendom in between there that makes the Sabbath a day where traveling. There was a Sabbath day's journey. Anybody, I forget how long, how far it is, but it's not far. That's what he's saying. You're going to break the law, Jewish people. Yeah. If you got to go, if you got to go from Jerusalem to the mountains, right. you won't be able to make it without being in massive sin. And to, and to break the Sabbath was like yeah. punishable by debt. That's good. Okay, so we're not we're not under those Sabbath walking. So laws. that so right there, literally a timestamp. That right there proofs. That yeah. is a proof. Yeah. That's a proof you can text. Fight me on this. That is a proof. That's a proof text. That it only applies pre the death of Jesus. Yeah. It yes. can only apply to not to pre to the death, but pre yeah, yeah. to the the That's overcoming concrete. of all of of the switching from the old covenant to the new covenant because yeah. it would not apply to us now that we are in the new covenant. 100% yeah, yes. does not. So whatever this is that we're talking about right. had to happen prior to the new covenant being given to to man. Because this is not, a, this good. is the seven. There are Sabbath keepers though, right now today because of these scriptures. Hmm. Because they, you know It's I mean? a whole denomination. Yeah. Based yeah. on these scriptures alone. Well, wait a minute. Then we have yeah. to keep the Sabbath because this hasn't right. happened yet when it yeah. should be the reverse. <laughs> this is, we know we don't have to keep the Sabbath. So this has 
happen. For then there will be great yeah. tribulation, such as not been seen since the beginning of the world until this time, nor ever shall be. Now, a lot of people can say, Leah, Serge, Corey, what do you mean the great tribulation? Read Irrelevance again. Who is he talking to? Right? Do you guys want to pop in on, on why this might be? Or you want me to hit some? Well, I want, to, I want to ask you a question about this scripture. Because <clears throat> I get this a lot. I, I hear, such has not been seen since the beginning of the world until this time, nor shall ever be. Ever be. Yeah. Serge, you can't tell me that 70 AD was worse than when Hitler, than what Hitler did to the Jews. What would you say to that? Well, I, I, I get that tower on that before okay. I heard let, it. Let Corey take it. We've been talking a lot. Go no, ahead. no, no. You guys know way better than I do. I, I was amazed at hearing you guys explain it on one of your past broadcasts. Well, I was but, just going to give facts. In the year 66 yeah, yeah. AD, Go the Jews it. of Judea rebelled against their Roman masters. In response, the Emperor Nero dispatched an army under the generalship of Vespasian to restore order. By the year 68, resistance in the northern part of the province had been eradicated, and the Romans turned their full attention to the subjugation of Jerusalem. That same year, the Emperor Nero died by his own hand, creating a power vacuum in Rome. In the resulting chaos, Vespasian was declared, declared emperor and returned to the imperial city. It fell to his son Titus to lead the remaining army in the assault on Jerusalem. The Roman legions surrounded the city and began to slowly squeeze the life out of the Jewish stronghold. By the year 70, the attackers had breached Jerusalem's outer walls and began a systematic ransacking of the city. The assault culminated in the burning and destruction of the temple that ser served as a center of Judaism. In victory, the Romans slaughtered thousands. Of those spared from death, thousands were enslaved and sent to toil in the mines of Egypt. Others were dispersed to arenas throughout the empire to be butchered for the amusement of the public. The temple's sacred relics were taken to Rome, where they were displayed in celebration of the victory. The rebellion sputtered on for uh, another three years and was finally extinguished in AD uh, 73. The Jews um, let out a shout of dismay that matched the tragedy. Our only first-hand account, we talk about this, is, is Josephus, and he says, the rebels shortly after attacked the Romans again, and a, and a clash followed between the guards of the sanctuary and the troops who were putting out the fire inside the inner court. The latter routed the Jews and followed in hot pursuit right up to the temple itself. Then one of the soldiers, without w awaiting any orders, and with no dread of so momentous a deed, but urged on by some supernatural force. This is Josephus, a Jew, okay? Snatched a blazing piece of wood and climbing on another soldier's back, hurled the flaming brand through a low golden window that gave access on the north side to the rooms that surrounded the sanctuary. As the flames shot up, the Jews let out a shout of dismay that matched the tragedy. They flocked to the rescue with no thought of sparing their lives or husbanding their strength for the sacred structure that they had constantly guarded with such devotion was vanishing before their eyes. No exhortation or threat could now restrain the impetuous of the legions for passion was in supreme command crowded together around the entrances many were trampled down by their com companions others stumbling on the smoldering and smoke-filled ruins of the portios died as miserably as the defeated as they drew closer to the temple they pretended not even to hear caesar's orders but urged the men in the front to throw in more firebrands the rebels were powerless to help carnage and flight spread throughout most of the slain were peaceful citizens weak and unarmed and they were butchered where they were caught the heap of corpses mounted higher and higher ab uh, about the altar a stream of blood flowed around the temple steps and the bodies of those slain at the top slipped to the bottom 
When Caesar failed to restrain the fury of his frenzied soldiers, and the fire could not be checked, he entered the building with his generals and looked at the holy place of the sanctuary and all of its furnishings, which exceeded by far the accounts current in foreign lands and fully justified their splendid repute on their own. As the flames had not yet penetrated the inner sanctum, but were consuming the chambers that surrounded the sanctuary, Titus assumed correctly that there was still time to save the structure. He ran out, and by personal appeals, he endeavored to persuade his men to put out the fire, that literally telling the men, don't destroy this temple, instructing like, uh, Liberlius, a centurion of his bodyguard of Lancers, to club any of the men who disobeyed his orders, but their respect for Caesar and their fear of the centurion's staff, who was trying to check them, was overpowered by their rage, their detestation of the Jews, and an utterly uncontrolled lust for battle. Detestation. Yeah, most of them were spurred on, moreover, by an expedition of expectation of loot, convinced that the interior was full of money and dazzled by observing uh, that everything around them was made of gold. But they were, and that's kind of cool to think about. This is like one of the only eyewitness accounts of what was in the temple. But they were forestalled by one of those who had entered into the building and who, when Caesar dashed out to restrain the troops, pushed a firebrand in the darkness into the hinges of the gate. Then, when the flames suddenly shot from the interior, Caesar and his generals withdrew. And no one was left to prevent those outside from kindling the blaze. Thus, in defiance of Caesar's wishes, the temple was set on fire. While the temple was ablaze, the attackers plundered it, and countless people who were caught by them were slaughtered. There was no pity for age, no regard, was accorded rank, children and old men, laymen and priests alike were butchered. Every class was pursued and crushed in the grip of war, whether they cried out for mercy or offended uh, or offered uh, resistance. Through the roar of the flames streaming far and wide, the groans of the falling victims were heard. Such was the height of the hill and the magnitude of the blazing pile that the entire city seemed to be ablaze and the noise, nothing more deafening and frightening could be imagined. There were the war cries of the Roman legions as they swept uh, onwards in mass, the yells of the rebels encircled by fire and sword, the panic of the people who cut off from above fled into the arms of the enemy, then their sh shrieks as they met their fate. The cries on the hill blended with those of the multitudes in the city below. Low. And now many people who were exhausted and tongue-tied as a result of hunger, when they beheld the temple on fire, found strength once more to lament and wail. Uh, Perea and the surrounding hills added their echoes uh, to the deafening din, but more horrifying than the din then the din were the sufferings the mount the temple mount everywhere enveloped in flames seemed to be boiling over from its base yet the blood seemed to be more abundant than the flames and the number of the slain greater than those of the slayers the soldiers climbed over heaps of bodies as they chased the fugitives so i want to add to that and this is literally from josephus's work here in the wars of the jews he just starts out and in, before he hits anything this is in the preface and he's going and remember josephus was a direct eyewitness he was a soldier he actually fought for the jews and he, then he was in the jewish revolt and he and he then kind of was this kind of back and forth go between between the romans and the jews and essentially he says but all was disordered in disorder after the death of nero and I'm just going to read some of my highlights of such great confidence that these were not wars to be ignorant of these things, either flatteries or fictions. Okay, this was so crazy that it, he's worried that it would be a fiction. The war um, that the miseries that were brought upon us, and this is the part that I really want to get to here. 
Accordingly, it, it appears to me, this is what Josephus is saying, the misfortunes of all men from the beginning of the world, if they be compared to these of the Jews, are not so considerable as they were, while the authors of them were not foreigners either. This makes it impossible for me to contain my lamentations. This, the note at the bottom says that these calamities of the Jews, who were our Savior's murderers, now this is the commentary is by a Christian, okay, our Savior's murderers, murderers were to be the greatest that had ever been since the the beginning of the world, our Savior had directly foretold it in Matthew 24 and what we're talking about here, and that they proved to be such accordingly. Josephus here is a most authentic witness. Josephus is essentially like they were lamenting what had happened he, to Josephus a degree. Josephus says it's the worst of the world ever. And let's let's talk about what had happened in the world. We've got Sodom and Gomorrah. We've got pretty Wars. much every tribe, tongue, and nation doing massive sacrifices and wars to the ugliness that you can't even imagine. And that's what he actually goes over in his first, the antiquities of the Jews. And he'll talk about how bad it was in pretty much two-thirds of this complete works of how depraved the world was. And even him giving the direct kind of commentary on the history of the Jews says out of all of those things... What happened here in Jerusalem in 70 AD was worse than them all. So here's the deal. Serge, I really can't answer your question because I wasn't there for the murdering of the Jews with Hitler. I know but, my history. But we do know that in proportion. Yes. Right? Right. So in proportion, more the more more of the Jews were slaughtered and yes. killed. And, and it was horrible. Absolutely. Absolutely horrible. We don't deny that. Exactly. Because some people think you deny that by saying that this was worse. And we're not denying that what what Hitler did was absolutely brutal. It was, but this was different. Yeah. This also, was wanna, go ahead, Corey. Sorry, I was gonna say, and also we weren't supposed to keep believing each generation it's gonna happen over and over again right. and accepting it. Right. Because right. a lot of people today think that when it says you're going to be persecuted, handed, tortured, put to death, they think it's talking to us. So when right. someone shows up at their house to to murder them for their faith or whatever, they just say, oh, that's, you know, and I'm not saying that that's not a noble cause. And sometimes that's warranted, but we're not supposed to be believing to be overcome anymore. Because, yes. you know, I'm not going to get too far into that, but no, that good. was what was destined for that generation, right? that time. And then after that, we were supposed to figure some other stuff out. Yeah. I'm with you on that. But Leah, you dropped, you have a huge clip of ammo there. You should forward facts over to Surge for when they ask you that question, just print it yeah. out. Well, yeah. you know, I always say that, you know, it, it was, it was the, it was evil at its peak, mm -hmm. so much so that, that they killed the Messiah, and they knew they were killing the Messiah. Come on. When they when they knew he was born, kill all the firstborn in the city, mm -hmm. kill everybody, kill off yep. this Messiah that that the, that the, the you know the wise men told us about. They went after the Messiah. That is the ultimate of all evil. Had come to a head, right. and yeah, this was worse. It, at times, they said the blood was flowing in the street so thick, it was ankle deep. That's how yes. much it's recorded. There was some pretty brutal times. Over a million. Over a yeah, million. Over a million yeah, let's talk about that million, though. Okay. You Basically, two-thirds were wiped out in, 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 when we in think prophecy of, there. When we think of killing a million people, 
We're in modern days. Doesn't yeah. it's actually not yes. that hard to kill a million people right now. Mm-hmm. This was how do you know? I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> this was all, all but hand to hand combat. Right. What kind of carnage happens for a million people to die in essentially hand to hand combat or bows and arrows or catapults? I know they had a lot of those that they were they were and that we can talk about that at some point where it, they yeah. would say the stone is coming um, and it would fly over and it would hit the people and this is like giant catapulted stones squashing people flat. Okay, right. I mean, th- no. what was going on? This is carnage of of a degree that, honestly, right. guys, I don't know how well we are able to even use our imaginations right. to get there. Oh yeah, you're 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 right yeah. about that. I think we did kind of cop uh, talk about a lot of the it. woman that boiled her baby because she yeah. was so hungry yeah. and then offered it to everybody, and at that point. Even the zealots who were like doing the most atrocious things were like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Can what you show has me happened how to find here?" The blog for this one, I can't. Yeah, resistancechicks.com. I'll just I'll go to resistancechicks.com. I'm gonna I'm gonna just walk Leah through this so I can show you guys how it is. Leah has written a blog for all of our original Red Revelation. Go to resistancechicks.com. Type oh, it in. I was there. For, go try again. Okay. Um, for all of our Revelation Red Pill Academy, which we did uh, three years ago during COVID, and then you go to the Revelation Red Pill Academy slash Wednesday under shows. Revelation Red Pill, click on that. And then you can scroll down. Her blogs are underneath each and every single video there. So just scroll down to the very first or second. And all of the Revelation Red Pill Wednesdays are there as well. You're going too far. Oh, am I? Yep. These aren't these aren't the Revelation Red Pill Wednesdays? Nope. Keep going. Okay. So while you guys are finding that, I want to say something also. I, you know, it never crossed God's mind some of the things that they would begin doing right? Sacrificing their children, things like this. It, it, it actually talks about that, that it never crossed his mind the things they would do. Right. Well, I think that it never crossed God's mind that we would think this is going to continually happen to us over and over and over again. And once it's completed, oh, it's just going to happen again. Like mm-hmm. God wanted us to believe that after this destruction, there was a, a feast, a supper, a celebration of the bringing of the kingdom right. and the right. dominion. And we were supposed to possess the nation. They even said in the book of Acts, is it now right. time for us to possess the nations? Yeah. Like yeah. they were waiting on that. But today right. we're waiting on something different than what all the prophets said. So I don't think God ever thought we would get so far off track to where we would have to teach right now. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, look, it already happened. You know, so if there is other things happening carnage and stuff like that like dude we weren't supposed to allow this <laughs> right no you're right you're right okay so i want to kind of go on a lot of people have a lot of questions about some of these other other little things like what about the earthquakes famines and pestilence uh, and and there will be great earthquakes in various places and famines and pestilences and there will be fearful sign sights and great signs from the heaven so during the reign of Claudius Caesar, the emperor immediately preceding Nero, a colossal famine struck the whole Roman world. Concerning the famine, uh, James Stuart Russell writes, in the fourth year of Claudius's reign, the famine in Judea was so severe that the price of food became enormous and great numbers perished. One example of the earthquakes, and I think we went over this, but I'm just doing it again. In verse 7 is the earthquake that struck Laodicea sometime between AD 60 and AD 64 during the uh, reign of Nero. It's interesting to note that one of the churches addressed by John in the book of Revelation was a church in this city. Prior to AD 70, there were also earthquakes in Crete, Smyrna, and then a bunch of other places. So I wanted you guys to know, um, and I think we went over the famine um, last time. 
And so I don't need to go over that. And Michelle just talked about it was so bad that a woman boiled her baby, right? Um, I've got here uh, one of my one of my notes is that and as Titus went around and saw the trenches filled with the dead and the thick blood oozing out of the putrid bodies, he groaned aloud and raising his hands. This is really important. He called to God as his witness that this was not his doing. I didn't do this. I I I didn't I I didn't do this is insane. I didn't do this. He says, so who did it? It was let's remind some of our viewers. It was a wonder of the world and we're talking about Matthew 24 mm -hmm. and I don't know if we already skipped over the verses and the disciples are looking at Jesus and 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 like, you know, well, is this, you know, essentially they're saying, "Hey, is 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 that really going down?" Like mm -hmm. I mean, it was unfathomable to them that the temple would be destroyed, mm -hmm. right? And so as we're going over this, guys, I want you to keep something in mind as we're showing you the proofs of how Matthew 24 literally was fulfilled in AD 70, okay? It is impossible to say that Jesus said, when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies and it will all happen within a generation, and he says this, within a generation, so Jerusalem does surround them, by, surround, uh, excuse me, Rome surrounds Jerusalem with armies within the generation. The temple's destroyed within the generation. All the things that Jesus says happens within a generation. And yet I, as a Christian in 2023, am told that I have to believe that, well, it wasn't that one he was talking about. Mm -hmm. And if he was talking about that, he really meant that it was going to happen twice. Yeah. And so Leah and Michelle, I want to share something real quick because touching on that point, People say, okay, yeah, I see it happen, but it's just a shadow of what's going to happen again. And they think that we're supposed to relive this same event. Well, I want to actually challenge you with this scripture that we just read from Luke 20, uh, Luke 21, verse 22, 20, well, 21, we just read, then those in Judea must flee to the mountains and those inside the city must leave it. And those out in the country must not enter it for these are the days of vengeance mm -hmm. as a fulfillment of all that is written. Right, right. That's the fulfillment of all the vengeance that was written about. Right. Right. And so we're not praying for vengeance and judgment mm -hmm. anymore. We're praying for blessing upon <laughs> the nations. And right. so there's no re-fulfillment of everything that's already been fulfilled. That wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. But people try to make it make sense because they don't want to accept that it already happened because mm -hmm. they want to see it with their own eyes. Right. And what does even the word fulfilled mean? I mean, Serge is our word guy. Serge, when you think of the word fulfilled. <laughs> it's like bringing into its fullness. Yeah. If it's not fulfilled, then it's not fulfilled. Yeah. You can't right. fulfill something twice. Right. Yeah. It has to be, no it would way. be a second, like, you know, somebody has, I'm, I'm going to go get an, or I'm going to order and you fulfill someone's order. Right. Well, right. if you fulfilled that order in order to have another fulfillment, you've got to have a second order. Right. And you have There's to divorce no the the kingdom again. You have to right. separate yep. from right. the kingdom and go back to the law right. and let the law be there again and then demolish yep. the law again. And so then it wouldn't be an eternal kingdom right. like right. prophesied through Daniel and Isaiah and all yes. those prophets. Now, Serge is sitting on a teaching that we have had the privilege of listening to, which at some point it's going to come to you guys. Yeah. But Serge, you kind of like you have a real grasp on this of the fulfillment of all of this stuff i mean when you see it fulfilled it's 
everything changed. Yes, everything changed. Everything the whole cosmos. Changed. Yep. The whole cosmos. The whole world everything changed. changed. Yeah. The world was headed this way, and Jesus came, and he changed, he changed the direction of the world. He changed the direction of the whole cosmos. Corey you talks about it all the time. You wouldn't need to do it again. Right? No, there's changed. no reason to do it again. Matter of fact, from the beginning of the world, all the saints, all the ancestors, all those people who died were waiting for that moment with Jesus. Yeah. They longed to look into that time. They yeah. knew. Enoch knew that that was the turning point. Right. They were all waiting for that moment. Matter of fact, they were in their graves resting for that waiting. And it's resting for it's that also moment. not a bad thing. See, people think we're pulling the rug out from their reality. No, you not. know, but what we're doing is we're giving you the good news and saying, hey, if that happened, guess what that means? That means we're in the eternal kingdom age now, and we are in victory now, not waiting yeah. for some other thing to give us more victory or authority. Yeah. Yeah. We are literally supposed to be restoring the earth. We play a part in bringing restoration to the earth back to what God intended yeah. it to be. Sure. Definitely. So, yeah. All right. I want to go back just a little bit, um, just to, for <clears throat> those who are new and just kind of boom, 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 a few of the things. Um, I uh, In my blog, Michelle just put it up. It's the parallel is going to be, it's Luke chapter, it's Luke uh, 21 verse 12 in Matthew. It's going to be um, verse uh i think nine and it says before the uh before all these things happen uh they will lay their hands on you they were going to persecute you and here is a timestamp. they're going to deliver you up to synagogues and prisons yeah, there you go. you'll be brought before kings and rulers for my sake but it will turn out for your occasion as a testimony. Therefore, settle it in your hearts uh, not to meditate beforehand, but what you should answer. For I will give it to you what you shall speak. For you will be betrayed even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends. And they, they will put some of you to death. With Josephus literally records brother betraying brother. And yeah. remember, Josephus was not a Christian. He is simply recording what happened to him in his lifetime and his people. And he says that brother betrayed brother and they turned brother into the Romans. But the synagogue is the stamp there. Anybody want to talk about the time stamp there? It's off. It's the same thing as like with the Sabbath. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just simple. It's, it's the synagogue. They're going to deliver them up to synagogues. That was... The governance of the time. That's not the governance of this time. It doesn't happen today. What yeah. do they say we'll be delivered up to? Churches? No. You in dispensationalism. That's a good timers, question. Like in the, in, the, in the Left Behind series. I don't even know how, how they parallel I don't that. know. We don't, we, don't, they, we don't touch that one. <laughs> They say they they don't, they don't touch it. They can't. They can't. They skip right over to yeah. kings and rulers, right? Which we still we really yeah. don't even have those either, guys. I mean, yeah. most right. countries are presidents and prime ministers and so, governments of sorts. Reader relevance, and I know that a lot of people don't like to say this, but if Jesus is looking people in the eyes, he's looking at the twelve disciples. Does anybody want to raise their hand of how many of the disciples were killed for their faith? All. Well, yeah, all but Except John. For, yeah, right? All, all but John. Yep. All the apostles were killed with John. And yep. he's letting them know. So make it personal. 
Come on. Yep. God is, yep. Jesus is looking at you, Corey, and he's looking at you, Serge, and he's like, you guys, they're going to they're gonna come and arrest you for this. Everybody yep. thinks that Jesus is being so, like, mysterious cryptic. and cryptic. He was no. just straight up telling them, when you see Jerusalem mm -hmm. surrounded by armies, and we've taken that and like, oh, it's got to mean something really, you know, right. far-fetching yep. in the future. <laughs> it's like he's legit telling yep. you. They're going to persecute you. He cares. You know, I think the whole world thing was where people pivoted the wrong direction because it says into the world, you know, the heavens and earth. And I think because they assumed that it meant planet, they had to try to make everything else fit the future because the planet's still here. Well, yeah. I, I have a question then. Um, how, how would we view Jesus if he didn't tell them beforehand that these things are going to happen to them? Yeah, that wouldn't be good. It was nice. too huge a moment. It was too huge a moment not for it to be mentioned. And well, yep. well, specifically to what was going to happen to them as his as as his friends. Yeah. Okay, so he here's you've been with me last three years. Been awesome. Had a great time casting out the demons. Yeah. You know, feeding five thousand people. I'm going to really send fun. you out as my witnesses. But now you're going to die for me. Like the mm -hmm. for my, like. Yep. That alone, aside from 70 AD, I mean, that alone, it's it like... It says, and they will put some of you to death. Guys, feel the weight of that for just one second. Because he tells them this later on, too. He's letting them know, okay? And and so we all look at the part where Peter, he's talking to Peter and he's telling people, he's telling the disciples, you guys, um, only, not many, I forget the quote, but... He's saying that John is going to stay around basically until Jesus comes back. Right. And yep. he did. Right. Yep. What is it to you if he remains until I return? Like that's right. another timestamp. But he's saying yep. to them, you're going to give up your lives for me. Yep. And I say this about, you know, we, we have discussions on what can the devil do to you? Yeah. Jesus in Revelation tells the martyrs they're going to they're going to be giving up their lives. And he's telling the disciples here, he's letting them know, right? So it's, it's one of those things where, you know, what did Jesus say? He said, I, I'm not, you can't take my life. I'm laying it down. Yeah. I think he's telling the disciples, you're going to lay down your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's good. Because you know, what's so cool. Look what it says. This is a very interesting thing. Um, and you will be hated of all men for my name's sake. Oh, sorry. You will be betrayed by your parents and your brothers, relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. And you will be hated by all men for my name's sake. But not a hair of your head shall be lost. By your patience, possess your souls. Wow. Is that not contradictory? Or do you think he's speaking to a eternal kingdom? Maybe? Yes, definitely. You know what? Um... I present these things a lot to people. I have a lot of conversations as so do all of us, I'm sure. But I'll present these things and everybody, it seems, comes to the same conclusion, whether they accept it or not. Even the ones that don't accept this message fully, they'll say, okay, I see what you're saying. I acknowledge that the context in which it's written is not applying to me. It's applying to them. At all. But Right. But I still believe there's a greater fulfillment of it. I still believe it's going to happen again. And here's what I've been saying. You can believe that there is another destruction coming. 
You can believe that there's another temple that's going to be destroyed, but you don't have scripture for it. Come on. And you just acknowledge that. We are showing you within context Do you yeah. think what Jesus this means. Would, don't you think Jesus would have like said it in a different way? And then there will be Probably. believers in the future. Because well, he said it's the fulfillment of all these, all the vengeance that has been written. So yeah, yeah there's That's no good. proof that there's any other vengeance or destruction. You, after know, the temple. you know, when um, the messenger, the angel came to Daniel, did he say, Daniel, this is going to happen to you? No. He said it would go way in the future. Yep. And that Shut was 500 years. Right. And Jesus is looking his best friends in the eye and saying this is going to happen to you guys let me read a comment here uh, kj on rumble says this changes for the way better so much for me personally it makes more sense than ever right yeah, it changes and we're going to get to the way way better soon yes. like right now we have to like remove the roadblocks so that we or the beaver dams is the way i like to say it we're, we're getting rid of the beaver yes. dams so the rivers can flow That's and good. then the rivers Amen. are going to flow to waters and water your fields Glory all right so we Amen. keep going yeah let's let's keep going a little bit here um buy your patience possess your souls so just a few highlights here um were their disciples killed well uh the jews stoned stephen to death then james the son of zebedee and the brother of john were beheaded and finally james uh, the first after our Savior's ascension to be raised to the bishop's throne, lost his life um, in the way described while the remaining apostles in constant danger from murderous plots were driven out of Judea. And that's Eusebius in the church histories. Um, at, at this time, this is from Tactius, uh, another Jewish historian. Some Christians were arrested. Then on their information, a very large multitude was convicted. Um, and then we've got, uh, another one from Tactius. I'm not sure. Illib. Um, this is historical documents. And, and at that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. These Christians who betrayed, who were betrayed by their brethren were draped in animal skins, ripped apart by dogs and crucified in a major public spectacle. And at night, these people were burned as torches in the streets of Rome. According to church tradition, um, it was during a massacre that Peter was crucified and Paul beheaded. This same tradition teaches that nearly all the disciples were martyred. Matthew was killed by a sword in Ethiopia. I think we talked about this last week. Mark was dragged by horses through the streets in Alexandria. Luke was hanged in Greece. Bartholomew was flogged to death. Andrew was crucified. Thomas was stabbed with a spear in India. Jude was pierced with arrows. Matthias was stoned, then beheaded. And Barnabas was stoned in uh, Salonsia. Gives you a lot to look forward to if the Chosen gets very far. In their storyline, which I love that series, by the way. But if they make it past, uh, you know, mm. Jesus's ascension and past all the works and acts, you know, in like 15 years, we get to watch them. Yeah, yeah. Josephus writes, there was a certain old man, a father of seven children, whose children, together with their mother, decided to give them leave to go out to Herod, slew them after the following manner. He ordered them to go out while he himself stood at the cave's mouth and slew that son of his, uh, of his perpetually who went out. Herod was near enough to see his, this sight, and his bowels of compassion were moved at it. Yet he did not relent at all, but reproached Herod for his low, lowness of descent and slew his wife as well as his children. When he had thrown their bodies down the precipice, he at last threw himself down after them. That is from Josephus' Wars. Um, I thought we were going to go on in Matthew, the verses. We, we did, but we went back. Okay. This is, I'm actually going down okay. in, in the blog a, a little bit here. 
Matthew 24 adds, and because of law, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. And we've seen that in, in that particular passage, um, there was, there was a lot of different things that happened with the Jews that they, they went, they went crazy there. And Josephus talks about, it. that's why he left. Um, there are a number of calamities, uh, which everywhere fell upon the nation at that time, the extreme misfortunes to which the inhabitants of Judea were especially subjected. The thousands of men, as, mal as many as, as well as women and children that perished by the sword, by famine and other forms of death were innumerable. All these things, as well as the many great sieges that, which were carried out um, against the city of Judea, uh, Judea were excessive. And Josephus talks about this. Um, I think Matthew 12, 39, Jesus calls his contemporaries a wicked and adulterous generation. The wickedness predicted in verse 12 and mentioned in Matthew 12, 39 is echoed in Josephus' own words in his history of the Jewish war. Neither did any other city, Jerusalem, ever suffer such miseries. And I think Michelle I read, read that's this. That's the one I read. Nor did any mm -hmm. age ever breed a generation more fruitful of wickedness. This is a very strange... No, I didn't read that part. This that is a very strange sentence where Josephus says, nor did any age... Where, I mean, there are some crazy stories in the Bible. I mean, think about Sodom and Gomorrah. But he's saying that any, no age bred a generation more fruitful in wickedness than, than was from the beginning of the world than these Jewish people. Uh, yep. a, a Brian Swartley writes, the first persecution is recorded in Acts chapter 4. When Peter and John were arrested and placed into custody and commanded not to preach, and then you'll be taken up by your synagogues. Mm -hmm. They were threatened by the Sanhedrin. In Acts chapter 5, the apostles were arrested and placed into prison and commanded once again to stop teaching in Jesus' name. The persecution escalates in Acts chapter 6 when Stephen is arrested and falsely accused of blasphemy. This results in Stephen's murder. We know that Paul looked on for that. A great persecution is discussed, discussed in Acts chapter 8. It is so severe that Jerusalem, the Jerusalem church is scattered through Judea and Samaria. In this persecution, both men and women are dragged from their houses and placed in prisons. And that's in Acts 8, 9, 26, and put to death, Acts uh, 26, 10. Saul even attempted to force believers to blaspheme the Lord. Uh, in Acts chapter 12, Herod also begins to persecute the church because he saw that it pleased the Jews. Remember that one? Herod's policy led to the murder of James, Acts 12, 2. The arrest of Peter, 12. Uh, fortunately, God delivered the apostle by supernatural means. The disciples were also persecuted by the Greeks and Romans. At the uh, instigation of unbelieving Jews, the mob at Lystria, Lystra stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. So I think we could go on and on, but you see pretty much, if you've read the book of Acts, it's like the book of persecution, right? And that would be a fulfillment of that particular scripture. Um, I think and Matthew 24 adds something that Luke leaves out. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end shall come. And I think we went over this a little bit, uh, but you guys want to hit how, how, how in the world could the gospel have been preached to all the world if it wasn't like in Fiji? Serge, I did it last time. You're muted. I said I'm looking for my notes on this, okay. but I, right, I wanted, I wanted to read some scriptures. Yeah, um, I'll just I read one, to... and then you pick up the rest. How about that? So, Colossians says that the gospel has been preached to every creature under 
the whole heavens. So it says uh, in Colossians 1, 21, it says, And you who were once estranged and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his fleshly body through death, so as to present you holy and blameless and irreproachable before him, provided that you continue securely established and steadfast in the faith without shifting from the hope promised by the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven. I, Paul, became a servant of this gospel. Has been. All the world. Go ahead, Serge. You got... Uh, oh, there's several scriptures. I can't find them right now. But there's several scriptures that... Oh, here it is. Which one did you just read, Corey? Colossians, Colossians 1. 123? Yeah. So Romans 8 says it. Or Romans 1, 8 says this. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. The whole world. Colossians 1, 5 says this. Because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the word of truth and of the gospel, which has come to you as it also has in all the world. So he's saying this gospel came to you just like it has come to the rest of the world, to all the world. And then the end will come. So he said it happened. That means the end was about to come. And the question is into what? And that's where people get back to end of the planet. It was never about the end of the planet. God so loved the world, he sent his son to save it. Right. Oh, that's so so good. This, this just keeps speaking to the end of old covenant. It just keeps yep. speaking to the end of the old covenant governance right. over and over again. That was the, a huge moment. Yeah. Since the days of Moses, they've been worshiping God in tabernacles and, and temples. And all of a sudden, this this way that we've been worshiping worshiping gods for thousands of years, yeah, we've been worshiping God this way. It's going away. Yeah. It's a huge moment, right? Whole nation. That's all they knew. Yeah. No, that's so. Was it? Is this true? Um, I have heard a few people say this, and you guys have obviously read more of the historical accounts than I have. That the genealogy of the Jews was destroyed. Was that? Yes. Yes. I heard that the genealogy was in the temple of the Jews. Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. After that, there was no record. Yeah, I hear no that there's actually no record of who a Jew is really right, right. now. There, and what's, what's so interesting about that, Corey, is that when we look at the Bible, it we can prove creation through the genealogies. We can prove so much through the genealogies because yeah. they were meticulous. And I mean down to the dot and the tittle as the Bible would say, for those genealogies. And now we don't hear about the genealogies at all. So yeah. at what point did that stop? A lot of things stopped. The sacrifices yep. ceased. Yeah. The way of living according to the law ceased, right? Yeah, where are the genealogies? Where are they? That's, That's an question. excellent question. But well, it's it not really, I couldn't find it in historical uh, books or anything, but I've heard a couple people say that's where it was and, and, that, but I don't want to get into a, a right. big ordeal, no, but Paul sense, did though. say well, it is a big tribulation. deal. It's a horrible thing that's happened to the Jews, and that's why Josephus, that would make sense. It the, would make sense that God wiped it out. Everything who they are was, was wiped yes. out, and, and that would have been devastating for them. Like You know what I think about? Honestly, I'm not going to lie. When I think about losing my house in a fire, 
I think of the very intimate, personal things, pictures, yeah. history, nice. all these family things. So imagine being the Jews. And for nope. roughly 4,000 years, give or take, they have meticulously kept that genealogy. If yes. that was destroyed then, it would make all the sense in the world to add to the suffering. They yeah. lost their identity. They lost everything right. about who they were in 78. Because it was based on the temple and yeah. these rituals mm -hmm. and practices that the temple was the center of. So yeah. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know if you guys knew that or not. No, I just I, had I, heard I, that. I never, I never even thought about it, but it makes so much sense. So going it's a divorce. Good. Uh, it was a divorce. Yeah. And divorce. You lost it. These are the and, days. And not only that, the house was torn down, like Michelle said. Right. It was burnt to yeah. the ground. So he says, so the Luke parallel chapter to the one that we read um when it said that for there will be great tribulation such as not been seen since the beginning of the world. It's very interesting because Luke adds something. He says, these are the days of vengeance, right? So Isaiah 61 talks about, um, and Jesus opens up the scroll, right? And he reads Isaiah 61 and he says, um, behold, I've come to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim the liberty of the captives. Um, and it says the year Sight of Jubilee. Yeah. And there's another part. And the vengeance of our God. But he doesn't read it. And so here, Luke records that he's saying, these are the days of vengeance. So Jesus is saying, I'm coming. I'm dying. I will rise again. And this is what I've come to do. This is how I've, I, I'm fulfilling Isaiah 61. And then there'll be, in this generation, the, there will be the days of vengeance. The other part of that, Isaiah 61. For these are the days of vengeance. That all things which are written may be fulfilled okay but woe to those who are pregnant and this is and then it says luke adds something different and he says and jerusalem will be trampled by gentiles until the times of gentiles are fulfilled now again you guys how is this affecting you and me in america if this is literally this is another place stamp right jerusalem will be trampled by gentiles now hey guys Aren't most nations today kind of Christian nations? Where are you going to find the Gentiles? Because like America is a Christian nation. Even France is a Christian nation. Like they're, they're Christian, right? So you're not going to find an entire nation of Gentiles to be trampling. And, and I, I know that I, there is no such thing as any kind of stupid thing. I want this, I want this series to be able to be understood by people who really have never even read the Bible before at all. Oh, one more these, thing on that. Let me get to this one okay. thing. The Romans were Gentiles. Anyone that was not Jewish was a Gentile. So I know this even sounds very- Even the queer Gentiles. It sounds very it, simple right? to say, right? So when it says that it'll be trampled by Gentiles, you could, in, since we know it was trampled by Romans and Romans were Gentiles, doesn't it seem like maybe that passage could be talking about Romans? Yeah. Trampling well, Jerusalem? Uh, exactly. And, and here's the thing. This is a Jewish thing that's happening to Jewish people. Everybody else is coming. We're Christians now. We were the, we're the Gentile Christians. So Gentile Christians aren't in here at all. Okay, yep. to say that we're, we're, the question is, what do you still think that Jerusalem's going to be trampled and you still think it's going to be Gentiles? And another thing is they will fall by the edge of the sword, not a machine gun. 
Not an M16. Oh, but now, see, now we're talking about imagery not versus literal, Leah, because the sword, we all know that could just mean a weapon that could be an AK-47. See, they choose imagery when they want, and they choose literal when they want, but it's not the messy. Dis- it's the very dispensationalists clear. say they're literalists. It's they because are the people want to fit scriptures into what they believe. They don't want the scriptures to challenge what they believe. I think Andrew Womack says it best. They don't want to let the Bible change what they believe. Let me answer that. Uh, so but, Isaiah 110 uh, says, dude. are we still Gentiles since we are grafted into the tree? We're, we That's are where now- I wanted to say that because you said something super powerful that I never thought about before. Like Christian Gentiles, it never mentions it. That That's actually really huge because we've been grafted in. Right. He redefines what a Jew is. Right. Yep. What, what, where does that leave it? He is one is Jew, Jew inwardly. Don't say yeah, Jew born now. again. We're born he again now. It. We're sons of yes. God, children of God. The whole that changes level. this whole thing. And I'll, t- I'll prove it to you. I can prove to you how we're not Gentiles anymore. Okay. Because all of the prophecies leading up to the Gentiles coming and being grafted in has them as a specific set of people, right? And we get transformed. It's a the I'm, Gentiles are, born are, again are as a, a prophetic right. thing, right? And so once you become a Christian and you're grafted in, you are no longer the Gentile that needs to come in. Yeah, means All Old Testament in. scripture proves this. If you're grafted into the tree, that that tree produces like you can you can graft like um, a, an apple tree under certain other kinds of trees, and then it's producing apples. That's us. Okay. No. So uh, going on a little bit here, the, the talking about how great and awful it was. The tears of jo- uh, Josephus, um, uh, who was captured by the Roman army and befriended by Vespasian and Titus. Um, once Josephus saw the cause was lost, a madman would soon, who would sooner die on their sword or kill deserters, starve them, burn food, than bring peace. Here's from Josephus's wars. However, when Titus had recalled those men from uh, Gophnia, he gave orders that they should go around the wall together with Josephus and show themselves to the people, upon which a great many fled to the Romans. This is a little bit before. Um... These men also got in a great number together and stood before the Romans and besought the seditious with groans and tears in their eyes in the first place to receive the Romans into the city. They were like, please just let them in. Let this be over. Okay. And, and save off that their own place of residence again, but that if they would not agree to such a proposal, they would at least depart out of the temple. Um, and save the holy house of their uh, for their own use, for that the Romans would not venture to set the sanctuary on fire, but under the most pressing necessity. Yet did the seditious still more and more contradict them. And while they cast loud and bitter reproaches upon those deserters, they also set their engines for throwing darts and javelins and stones upon the sacred gates of the temple at due distances from one another, insomuch that all of the space round about within the temple might be compared to a burying ground, so great was the number of dead bodies in the temple, as might the holy house itself be compared to a citadel. Accordingly, these men rushed upon these holy places in their armor that were otherwise unapproachable, and that while their hands were yet warm with the blood of their own people, which they shed, the people, the Jews were killing each other in the temple. Okay? 
Nay, they proceeded to such great transgressions that the very same indignation which Jews would naturally have given Romans, had they been guilty of such abuses against them, the Romans now had against the Jews for impiety in regard to their own religious customs. Nay, indeed, there were none of the Roman soldiers who did not look with a sacred horror upon the holy house and abhorred it and wished adored, the, it. adored it and wished that the robbers would repent for their miseries became incurable the romans were saying what the heck are it, you like doing said, it was a, in your own temple it was a wonder of the world and let's also talk about you know going into the holy holies and all of these different places in the temple there were so many there's so much involved in this where you could die like yeah the, so the fact that the hand of god came off of that when that veil was rent in two right something drastically changed god wasn't in that temple listen, anymore listen to what vespasian says about the temple or titus i'm sorry titus titus was deeply affected by the state of everything going on roman at, by the way titus at, is a at, roman yeah and gentile. he's the gentile he's the general going around going around to take take him down take him out and reproached john and his party it was one of the guys who was leading the zealots he says this about the temple have you not vile wretches that you are by our permission put up this partisan wall before your sanctuary? Have not you been allowed to put up the pillars uh, belonging to this at due distances and to uh, on it engrave in Greek and in your own letters this prohibition that no foreigner can go beyond this wall? Have we not given you leave to kill such as go beyond it, though he were a Roman? And what do you do now, you pernicious villains? Why do you trample upon dead bodies in this temple? And why do you pollute this holy house with the blood of both foreigners and Jews themselves? I appeal to the gods of my own country and to every god that ever had any regard to this place. For I do not suppose it now be regarded by any of them. I also appeal to my own army and to those Jews that are now with me and even to your own cells that I do not force you to defile. I am not forcing you to defile this sanctuary. And if you will but change the place whereon you are fighting... No Roman will enter or come near your sanctuary or offer any affront to it. Nay, I will endeavor to preserve your holy house, whether you will or not. Sound like he had the fear of God in him. Come on and preach it, Corey Gray. <laughs> These zealots were crazy. Josephus lays the zealots bare in a long expedition. I'll just read a little bit that God was not with them. Wherefore, I cannot but suppose that God has fled from his sanctuary make your way it stands on the side of those who against whom you fight boom now even a man if he be but a good man will fly from your impure house and will hate those that are in it and do you persuade yourselves that god will abide with you in your iniquities who sees all your secret things and hears what is kept in most private now what crime is there i pray you that in so much as kept secret among you and or is concealed by you nay what is there that is not open to your very enemies for you show your transgressions after a pompous manner and contend with one another which of you shall be more wicked than the other that you may be, make a public demonstration of your injustice as if it were virtue however there is a place left for your preservation if you be willing to accept it and god is easily reconciled to those that confess their faults this is a jew by the way confess them okay he's saying oh hard-hearted wretches as you are cast away all your arms and take pity on your country already going to ruin return from your wicked ways 
and have regard to the excellency of that city you are going to betray to that excellent temple with the donations of so many countries in it um, a lot of people helped to build that temple who could bear to be the first that should set the temple on fire um, what is this abomination is it's just it's, it's amazing it's somebody will say it's the Jews themselves that bring upon the desolation of the Roman army, the ones inside the city, fighting each other, killing one another, desecrating the temple. Daniel 9, 27. Then he shall confirm his covenant with many for one week, but in the middle of the week he shall bring an end to the sacrifice and offering, and on the wing of the abominations shall be the one that makes desolate. A covenant is confirmed that is already in existence. Jesus the Messiah would confirm Stop that. Stop right there, Serge. Covenant. This is good, man. Have you used this in your... I'm sorry. And I, this is a private conversation you're watching openly. Have you used that scripture? I have A it. covenant what, what is what? confirmed that is already in existence. Hmm. A covenant is confirmed in 8070 that's already in existence. Whoa. And Jesus the Messiah like confirmed that. that covenant. Most scholars rightly argue that the final week of Daniel 9 begins with the baptism of Jesus and the anointing of the Most Holy One, Daniel 9, 24. Christ ministered to the Jews for three and a half years. <clears throat> then in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to the sacrifice and offerings, Daniel 9, 27. This statement has nothing to do with the supposed still future Antichrist that will break the covenant, break a covenant with the Jews. It refers to the fact that Christ's perfect sacrifice of himself brought a complete end to the sacrificial system. The religion of the early Roman soldier was not distinguishable from the religion of the average citizen. As Republican soldiers were recruits or conscripts, conscripts who returned to civilian life after their tour of duty. By the time of the uh, empire, the legions had become a professional fighting force, the chief appendage of the ever-expansive Roman state. The religion of the imperial legions was therefore modeled on the state religion. Okay, In the imperial legions, this took on a quasi-religious element, which is perhaps unique even within paganism. The various cohorts within the legion held their own standards, and the legion itself, since the times of Marius, was re represented by an eagle. The fearsome and elegant bird of prey was a perfect symbol of the legion's fighting prowess. More so, it was a sacred um, signal of Jupiter, king of the gods and patriot of the Roman saint. The eagle was made of gold and silver get. And I'm going to get to this name. This, this, is an, this comes the eagles in a second. It was mounted on a large pole with a tapered point at the end, which could be thrust into the ground. On the pole beneath the eagle were images, medallions featuring portraits of the emperors. The legion's eagle, along with cohort standards, were housed within a small shrine in the legion's headquarters. The first cohort of the legion, and in particular the Prius Pilus, was charged with guarding the eagle, though the day-to-day -day care was in the hands of the aquafleur. Uh, the Aquila was considered sacred and oaths were sworn to it. The legion felt that the Aquila embodied their spirit and their dignity. It was a kind of genius for the company of soldiers. The standards were utilized in various festivals and ceremonies, in particularly the anniversary of a legion's founding. To those, the Aquila was the ultimate disgrace and the battles were fought to um, uh, regain the Aquila. Now, um, why am I saying this? I'm going to come down to Matthew um, adds... Look, uh, th look, therefore, verse 26, if they say to you, look, he is in the desert, don't go out. Look, he's in the, in the rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For wherever the carcass is, the eagles will be gathered together. And I'm just going to play this while we talk about this, but there's a, a, a 
video clip to give you a visual of these eagles on these poles. You can see them, they're literal eagles. Surgeon Corey aren't seeing this unless Sorry. you're watching on, they might be watching on their phones or whatever. I'm watching. Um, but they, they I, don't, I don't know what movie this is from, but they do a really good job of showing this, the mm -hmm. eagle that would have been on the pole that they were talking mm -hmm. about. And so you can see how, um, again, with the reader relevance, it's really not that hard, guys. It's it's not no, it's as cryptic. Not. And that's the thing. Everybody's like, oh, I can't understand Revelation. I can't understand Daniel. I can't understand Ezekiel is a tough one. But I can't understand these things. But, but it's it's really not that difficult. And it would usually, yeah. you would think that it would say the vultures, right? But it's the eagles, right? The eagles are gathered around the carcasses of all these dead Jewish bodies. Yeah. Right? Um to the point and and on the blog there's way more about that um but there's i think moving on i think i don't know if you guys want to hit on any uh look here what? in the desert or um i think you out. i think you summed up verse 22 unless those days were shortened no flesh would be saved right. i think we've kind of well, build that up enough to say you, that was yeah. pretty messed up. Matthew 26, though, says, therefore... Let them read it. You've been doing a lot okay, of talking. Okay, go ahead. Matthew... Somebody read Matthew 24, 26. 24 says, For false Christ and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I've told you beforehand. And then 26 says, Therefore I say to you, look, he is in the desert. Do not go out. Or look, he is in the inner rooms. Do not believe it. For as lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. Who, for whoever the for wherever the carcass is, the the eagles will be gathered together. Can we talk about that lightning for a second? Because that's only hit me very recently. You know, well, you got um, on it. Lightning goes. It's so fast you might miss it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so fast, you might miss it. Yeah, lightning is uh, also used to describe God's coming judgment upon Assyria. Uh, Behold, the name of Jehovah comes from afar, burning with his anger, and in thick rising smoke, his lips are full of indignation, and his tongue is as a devouring fire. And Jehovah will cause his glorious voice to be heard and show the lightning down of his arm and the indignation of his anger. Um, and his flaming and devouring fire, a blast and tempest and hailstone, and that's in Isaiah. And then there's also apocalyptic imagery found in Zechariah 9.14. Then the Lord will be seen over them, and his arrow will go forth like lightning. Um, so lightning and judgment are associated um, with it, and it's repeatedly found in the book of Revelation. And from his thrones proceed lightnings. And so, like Michelle said, lightning is, is pretty simple. Not everybody sees it. It's quick. Yeah. You're not looking. Yeah, if you don't see it, no. you, don't, you missed it. It's like a comet, right? right? Yeah. Do we want to keep reading? Anybody got anything else? Yes, let's keep reading. Okay, so... We're um, getting ready to get into some good stuff. So, and there will be signs of the sun and moon star. Anybody want to read that? 25 through 28? 20. All right, I'll go. 27, Take. 28. I mean, 29. You got Serge. No, go ahead, Corey. I was pointing you to 29, didn't it? Leo? 25 to reading, 28 Luke 21. Sometimes yeah. I, I think it's Matthew 24, 29. I'm at Luke 21, 25. They're about the same, but go ahead. Yeah. All right, I got it. It says, take note, I have told you beforehand. 
I think that's kind of important, right? Mm -hmm. We already read that, Corey. Okay. Well, we didn't highlight it, and that's good to to highlight, Corey. Yeah, because he's telling them to take notes so that they know. Anyway, so 26? 29. Does that work? 29. 29. I was, I'm sorry, Corey. I missed what I'm looking at in my blog is hey, Luke, Luke 21, 25. Okay. It's, we're, we're pine, we're trying to parallel. If yeah, no, right. Serge you. is saying we're in 29 for Matthew, go start there. Yeah. yeah, we are. We are. Okay, I got it. Immediately after the suffering of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven and then. All the tribes of earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather the elect from the four winds and from one end of heaven to the other. Look at Surge's ready. I don't care. (laughs) Y'all just go. Somebody's got something. Go on. Well, let's let's hit before we hit the big the big one. We should hit you know the sun, moon, and stars thing. Okay, listen to you. There's a lot of of stuff on this, but what, from my studies, the sun, moon, and stars represent in in the scripture like governing the governing powers, the governing authorities. I think so. And even in like um, I got in my notes here, even the pagan and Jewish philosophy at the time. It was common knowledge that the sun, moon, and stars represented governance. Okay. So it's saying the governments will fall. It's saying Jerusalem, the Sadducees, Pharisees, teachers of the law, all those governing authorities, those who sit in Moses' seat, they're going to be taken out. Right. With great calamity. Mm -hmm. But it was a literal government, though. And I think we miss that a lot of times. Again, I want this to be relevant for people who maybe have never even barely read the Bible. They don't know about church history. Right. The Jews had their own government, okay? They could right. kill people. They could stone people. They had laws, literal laws, okay? Right. I mean, this was a big deal for all that to come to an end. Yes. I agree. Kind of like Washington, D.C. They're <laughs> yeah. But recognizing that sun, moon, and stars <laughs> is used uh, a, a lot of times. Um, so when you see the book of Acts... Um, you know, Joel is fulfilled in Acts where it says the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and coming uh, awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the t- name of the Lord shall be saved. Um, Joel, Peter is saying this is which was spoken up. He's referring the day of Pentecost to um, these these great apocalyptic yeah. uh, visual aids. So we can't steal that for now. You don't get to, it's not like one Haggai, of those things. Haggai says, um, for thus says the Lord of hosts, once more, it is a little while and I will shake heaven and earth and the mm-hmm. sea and the dry land and I will shake all nations and they shall come to the desire of all nations. I will fill this temple with his glory, says the Lord of hosts. Uh, the author of Hebrews takes that Haggai passage 2.6 and applies it directly to the desolation of the old covenant and order and the receiving of the new covenant of Christ's kingdom. The inspired writer says that the old ceremonial Levitical system has been surpassed, shaken, right? And superseded. So it's very interesting. So when we're talking about um, a new heaven and new earth, right? Um, remember Hebrews, I just, um, Hebrews 12, tw- um, does anybody want to read? Could anybody read Hebrews 12, 25 through 29? 
Search. You got a puppy. Yeah, he was barking at me. She oh my goodness. Look at that That's adorable. Oh my gosh, Corey. I love right. him. I want to hold him. Right I now. want him right now. There you go, guys. <laughs> you got it, sir. There you go. You got Hebrews 12. I was 20. missing all the fun. Yeah, I got Hebrews 12, 25. To 29. Okay. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, talking about Jesus, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, Jesus, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he has, uh, he has promised, saying, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken, as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Mm. That's one of the biggest wow. proof texts. And one of my favorite things in the like whole that. world is when a New Testament author goes and grabs these amazing apocalyptic kind of crazy sounding scriptures and brings it down and says, maybe you guys want to interpret that. What does that mean? Maybe in some English. Well, look how it ends. Verse 28 says this, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. Boom. But wait a minute, Serge. If it can't be shaken, and, I, and I'm a dispensationalist, at some point, though, it really is going to be shaken. Because right. we got to get because a whole we gotta, new It doesn't planet, make sense. Right? Yep. Like, Uh-oh. You got him. <laughs> right? I mean, that's what they say. It's going to be shaken at some point. Right. And if we cannot be shaken, what is going on then? Mm. Why are we? Why is the world in this situation if we can't be shaken? Maybe right. we've been believing we could be, and right. it's not on God's end. Maybe we've been believing we could be. Maybe mm. we need to believe better, <laughs> higher level. Like higher we level. are the supreme authorities under Jesus Christ on this earth, not demons yeah. and demon worshippers. Awesome. Can we? Can we take a commercial break? Yeah. Corey, can you talk about that? You shared something with me that just keeps going over and over again. It's what? just that higher mindset. Okay, sure. You know, that, that greater glory of thinking. Yeah, so, all right. Well, I'll just say it like this. You know, I had, okay, a little commercial break. I had a friend when I came to Nicaragua. I came as a missionary, worked on a you know, building houses and stuff. And I had to, I would get all this revelation, just crazy, awesome stuff. And I'll tell this friend of mine, and he would go, yeah, keep thinking. And I'm like, what do you mean keep thinking? It's amazing, right? You know, and he's like, keep, keep thinking. That's and so he did this. Does that. Really? He did this for a long time, right? And I'm telling him like world changing ideas, I feel like. And he's like, yeah, keep thinking. And then, um, God showed me never think that you've arrived because there's always a higher way of thinking about things. And I can tell that we as the body of Christ have not yet arrived and we should all be humble enough to realize that. I don't claim I've arrived. You guys don't claim you've arrived, but we have learned some things that can help us to impact the world at a greater level. We still need to go up higher because if we had arrived, then we would have inherited this earth and mm -hmm. there would be no more evil principalities in the high places paul said yeah. that we 
are, you know, at war, battle, whatever word you want to use, with these principalities and powers of wickedness in the high places. Well, that's so that they that we win, that yeah. we we remove them, mm-hmm. and that all thrones are for the Lord and, and His people, right? Right. And so we have to think bigger about how we're going to help this earth. Yes. How we're going to restore this earth, rebuild, renew this earth, because if we can come up a higher level, we can see solutions that'll fix maybe 50 problems we're trying to work at at that same level. You can't fix a problem at the same level as the problem. So if we can come up one level, we can fix maybe two problems. If we can come up three or four levels with God, we may be able to fix a hundred problems with one move. And so that's why I'm always like, man, Anytime I arrive at a revelation, I say, okay, what's a, what's a higher way of thinking about this? Lord, sometimes we'll show you. Yeah, and I'm that's actually kind of – go ahead, Serge. Well, that's good because the way this applies is a lot of people will say, well, he was talking about a spiritual kingdom. Mm-hmm. Well, no. Let, let's let's take, take that spiritual mindset and go another level with it. Yeah. When he says the meek will inherit the earth, mm-hmm. well, it, it's talking spiritually. No, it's talking both. Yeah. But like on earth, Serge, on earth as it is in heaven, it's the exactly. same. Right. Yeah. And guys, I was actually thinking to, you know, in the midst of all the stuff that we're bringing people, because I, I really have a big thing on Daniel that I want to go through. Yeah. Um, I yeah. want to do the revelation uh, signs. I've got like the golden candlesticks. I've got so much imagery in my head. But I was actually thinking that next week might be a really great time for us to... Um, take like almost a little break from going deep into the proof text into what are we proving for and yes. um having Corey bring in Corey has a really great uh teaching kind of on the tide that goes with the land and kind of talking about the promises of abraham what have we inherited i think because that's the biggest disconnect right like yeah. uh, you said we're removing the dam to let the waters flow And let's bring, you know, Jason in and you guys in and bring in all your scriptures that talk about um, the New Testament proof text that the Old Testament, what what do we get? You know, you Mm -hmm. just won this great big prize. You know, you have this inheritance. What is it that we're inheriting? I know you guys kind of did this, but I want to do this kind of a little bit on a bigger scale um, here on Resistance Chicks and really tie it in to to this, um, to the last day's madness, you know? And I think that that's kind of something that, that is missing and and kind of give you a kind of give you guys an excitement to why are we even doing this because we're not doing this like some of the other people are doing this for right Right. um a lot of people just stay in this box okay we're just gonna we're gonna do revelation and we're gonna do it and we just want to have all this head knowledge and Corey's down there in nicaragua like living the kingdom yeah (laughs) right well it's what what's important is that we so yeah we're not here just trying to tell you all that we know and sound super spiritual just to do so and prove sit here proving these things happen like we want to get to a place where we help you possess the earth (laughs) inheritance our the meek inherit the earth and that word earth you can look that up it is the word gay which means uh ge is and so it means the whole terrestrial globe is our inheritance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're supposed to rebuild, renew, restore it. So you can ask yourself even right now, why are you here? Right. Why are you watching this right yeah, now? Right. And, and also ask, why are we here? And, and you can ask God that mm-hmm. and ask him to help you think about what we're saying, how you can apply that 
and how you can go up a, a higher level with him to help solve some of these problems in the world. And he'll give us the answers. He's waiting to give them. But right. like, like, like we've been saying, there's these barriers, these dams that have stopped people from seeing the big picture. And we're, we want to bring the big picture up. Yeah. And so what these dams have done are in times belief. We, we were talking about this a few days ago. But what the end times believe, it's a direct conflict with the blessings of Abraham that have come upon us. Yeah. You cannot believe both. They are right. opposite of each other. Yeah. So by, by going that this end times destruction route, which we are debunking and showing you the truth about that. But if you continue to hold on to that, that is opposite. You are rejecting the blessing of Abraham. Right. They are opposite of each other. They are saying two separate things. Right. It's one or the other. We right. get to pick which one we want. I want the blessings of Abraham. Amen. All right. So coming on the cloud, just a little bit. Ooh. Resist coming on the cloud. Yes. <laughs> no, it's good stuff. I just want to hit a few more for these for people who are coming here for Matthew 24. The burden again. So here's another coming on the clouds. The burden against Egypt. Behold, the Lord rides on a swift cloud and will come against Egypt. This was a, this happened uh, against the idols of Egypt. Psalm 104 says Jehovah makes the clouds his chariot. Like that's just like how he rolls. Okay, yeah. so uh, Psalm uh, 97 says clouds and darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of the throne. Um, the uh, uh, Is it Nahum? Uh, one, three. The Lord is slow to anger and great power and will not acquit the wicked. The Lord has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm and the clouds are the dust of his feet. So any, God comes. There are many comings of God throughout the entire Bible. And when he comes, he comes in clouds. So yeah. it doesn't yeah. need to be um, something like crazy. Like it just means he's yeah. coming. Now, I think Serge, when we were reading that, when we were talking about signs, weren't we? Signs, yeah. signs. Well, I've got some signs. Um, and this is these are these are the kind of the cool things. All right, taking then the work of this author, read what he records in the sixth book of his history, Josephus. His words are as follows: Thus. Were the miserable people won over at the time by the imposters and the false prophets? So this goes to Josephus talking about false prophets and, and, and uh, imposters. But they did not heed nor give credit to the visions and signs that foretold the approaching desolation. A lot of people were actually seeing this. Um, on the contrary, as if struck by lightning and, and as if possessing neither eyes nor understanding, they slighted the proclamations of God. Okay. So then at one time, there was a star. In the form like a sword, and it stood over the city, and a comet that lasted a whole year. Signs in the heavens. And again, before the revolt, before, I think it's AD 66, and before the disturbances that led to the war, when the people were gathered for the Feast of Unleavened Bread, on the eighth month of Exanth... How do you say that? Exanthicus. At the ninth hour of the night, so great a light shone about the altar and the temple that it seemed to be bright day. And this continued for a half an hour. This seemed to be an unskillful. This seemed to the unskillful a good sign, but was interpreted by the sacred scribes as portending those events which so very just soon took hold place. Hold the phone on all of those those things right there, because as you're reading them, they this seem insignificant Josephus. until you break them down. A star that looked like a sword. Scroll back up. Stood over the city, and then we also have a comet. That lasted an entire year. Comets don't last for years. <laughs> okay. We had 
signs in the heavens and everybody's looking and looking for all these things now that's fine you can look for them now i don't know what they may mean for now but they're not they don't mean this because this has already been fulfilled every single thing that jesus said in matthew 24 is literally happened yeah so there will be signs in the suns and the moons and the stars so were there the question is were there signs in the suns and the moons and the stars and Josephus is telling us that there were. This is an interesting one. Go ahead and um, read that one about the cow. The, um, the At the cow. same feast, a cow led by the high priest to be sacrificed brought forth a lamb in the midst of the temple. Corey Gray, I think you should just comment on this because you're kind of our resident farmer guy. So do cows bring forth lambs? I've never seen it. This was written in Josephus. I'm not telling you guys that this is the Bible proof. This is what we would call like a secondary proof, right? But it still is there. It's still That would make things interesting. Yeah. <laughs> then there was another time that was written down that the eastern gate of the inner temple, which was of bronze and very massive, and which at evening was closed with difficulty by 20 men and rested on iron-bound beams and had bars sunk deep into the ground, was seen at the sixth hour of the night just open by itself. And there was another one um, at the feast, which is called Pentecost. When the priests entered the temple at night, it was their custom to perform the services. They said that at first they perceived a movement and a noise and afterward a voice of a great multitude that saying, let us go hence. So here we getting into it. And, and Sir the priest put, heard like angels saying, we're leaving. Put in the chat. We are getting ready to give you some things to chew on. Come, coming of the Son of Man. I want you guys to be subscribed to Breakaway Hub right there. So click on that and take a second and subscribe. Um, and you should also be subscribed to the I Kingdom Roundtable. Let us go hence. They heard in the temple. These priests recorded. We heard a, a large multitude of people saying, let us, let us go hence. Let Everybody's waiting for Jesus. And we've heard this throughout... The Revelation Red Pill, and I've been asked this question so many times, and, I'm, and we're here. We're here right now, guys. But wait a minute. Did they? Re it says we're going to see Jesus. We're going to see him coming on the clouds. We're going to. It's going to. And we have these great, this great imagery of Jesus coming on a horse with a whole host of of heavenly armies, right, we're, with him. We're, was it seen? We're talking about a switch, right? We're talking about when did the when did the presence leave the temple? When did these angelic beings that were surrounding, you know, when did they leave? This was a process. And at one point, Titus is saying, yo, God has left the, the building. building. Okay. Josephus is saying, yo, God has, our God. God has left this building. Like you guys are insane. There's a couple more here. Um, no, you got to read number seven. You can't For skip a certain that one. Jesus, this is a different Jesus, the son of Ananias, a common countryman, four years before the war, when the city was particularly prosperous and peaceful, came to the feast, at which it was customary for all to make tents at the temple to honor, uh, to the honor of God, and suddenly began to cry out, a voice from the east, a voice from the west, a voice from the four winds, a voice against Jerusalem and the temple, and a voice against the bridegrooms and the brides, a voice against all the people. Day and night he went through all the alleys crying thus. And now we're getting into some Revelation stuff, which it's hard to cover Matthew 24 without getting into Revelation. But when you read these things, it's like, wait a minute. There's a part in um, Revelation that talks about the people in Jerusalem were, were fit to be tied at, at, at prof the prophetic voices that were in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And that is my own 
Leah interpretation. Okay, that, that's the way I'm just I... saying, like, we're looking at all this stuff, and because we don't know our church history, because we haven't been taught this, we think it hasn't happened. And it's like, goes back to what Serge was saying. So if some... my dad tore down his house, but my son didn't see it. So this is what happened it to this guy. It still was torn down. It's yeah. still torn down. So this guy, he was, uh, some people got together, distinguished citizens, vexed by the ominous cry, seized the man and beat him with many stripes, but without uttering a word on his own behalf or saying anything in particular to those that were present, he continued to cry out the same words as before. Whoa. And the rulers thinking Whoa. as was Enter true, Jerusalem. that the man was moved by a higher power, brought him before the Roman governor. And then though he was scourged to the bone, he neither made supplication nor shed tears, but changing his voice to the most lamentable tone possible, he said, Whoa, woe unto Jerusalem. The same historian records another fact still more wonderful than this. He says that a certain oracle was found in the sacred writings, which declared that at that time, a certain person should go forth from their country to rule the world. He himself understood this to be fulfilled in Vespasian, but Vespasian did not rule the whole world, but only that part in which was subject to the Romans. Romans. With better... Uh, uh, right could it be applied to christ to whom it was said ask of me and i will give you the heathen for um your inheritance now to move on to matthew 24 and he will i'm not sure which verse this is but it's um and he will send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet and will gather together his elect from the four winds and from one end of heaven to the other so this is the four winds that that guy was the his name was jesus yeah um was going around crying from the four winds we hear about the four winds all the time and then you've got this kind of raving lunatic yeah at the time crying this where would he have gotten that from unless it was he was not being led by some form of spiritual force i'm gonna give you guys something you may not have heard before it's a little bit interesting um and I'm not saying that this is actually the right interpretation, but it says he will send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet and he will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end, one end of heaven to the other. The word an, uh, the word here is an, angelos, which means messenger. In Revelation, um, John is referring to the messengers or ministers of each church, as in many cases, they too are caught up in uh, ad, ad, admonishment. They are so he's not admonishing angels, he's admonishing the angelos, the messengers. John the Baptist was actually referred to as an angelos. We have angelos pizza here, I didn't know, oh, with, the, with a guy with an angels. Oh my uh, gosh, halo. Um, John the Baptist is referred to as an angelos, uh, three times. Jesus' disciples were referred to as messengers or angelos in Luke uh, 9 52. Paul uses the word angelos to describe the messenger of Satan that came to buffet him. Uh, James calls this Jewish spies hidden by Rahab messengers. It is the preachers that have been given the task of gathering the elect from the four corners of the earth. They are Christ's messengers. This is an interesting take. You can take it or not. The worldwide mission of preaching the gospel to all the nations given to the apostles at the Great Commission is empowered at Pentecost and then forever separated from Judaism and the Old Covenant order at the destruction of Jerusalem. So you could take it as the angels in the air or you could take it as the ministers of God are calling people in and gathering them in. And, but we, what are we talking about? We're talking about the gathering together of Jew and Gentile through the preaching of the gospel. And he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation and not for that nation also, but also that he would gather together in one, the children of God who were scattered abroad. That's John 11. Isaiah 27 uh, says, and it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord will thresh 
and the channel of the river up to the brook of Egypt, and you will be gathered one by one, O you children of Israel. So it shall be in that day the great trump will be blown. Same thing. And they will come who are about to perish in the land of Assyria and those outcasts of the lands of Egypt. Note uh, that this gathering is preceded by the trumpet blast of Matthew 24. So Isaiah is talking about, I'm going to bring your children of Israel and then I'm going to bring these Gentiles in. So the outcasts of the land of Egypt, I'm going to bring um, those who are about to perish from Assyria. I'm going to bring those together. And then Zechariah 2 says, uh, up, up, flee from the land for I have spread you abroad like the four winds of heaven. Up, Zion, escape you who dwell with the daughter of Babylon. Many nations shall be joined to the Lord in that day, okay, and they shall become my people, and I will dwell in your midst. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you, and the Lord will take possession of Judah as his inheritance in the Holy Land, and will again choose Jerusalem. And Matthew 28 says, All authority has been given to me under heaven. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And Brian Swartley in Matthew 24 in the Great Tribulation writes, The purpose of these passages is to show the disciples that the cost of discipleship is well worth it. The suffering and humiliations of the saints will be vindicated by an awesome manifestation of the glorified Savior's power as the eschatological judge. The kingdom with power means that in the destruction of the Jewish nation, the Lord Jesus will openly manifest his power and the glory as king of the nations who sits at the right hand of God. The ordinary workings of the kingdom are invisible. But in this judgment upon the Jews, the royal rule of Jesus in power would actually be seen as fulfilling what now he tells his hearer, Matthew Henry concurs, uh, here is I, a prediction of Christ's kingdom now near approaching Mark verses nine, verse one. I know this is a lot. Uh, that which is foretold is number one, that the kingdom of God would come and that it would come so as to be seen that the kingdom of the Messiah shall be set up in the world by the utter destruction of the Jewish people, which stood in the way of it. And this was the restoring of the kingdom of God among men, which had been in a manner lost by a woeful degeneracy by both Jews and Gentiles. And that it would have come with power so as to make its own way and bear down the opposition that was given to it. It came with power when vengeance was taken on the Jews for crucifying Christ and when it conquered the idolatry of the Gentile world and that it would come while some now present were alive. Matthew 24. There are some standing here that shall not taste of death until they see it. Until they see it. This speaks the same of Matthew 24, 34, which says, and then we can get to this and, and kind of wrap up the show if you want to. And this speaks the same to Matthew 24, 34. This generation shall not pass until all these things be fulfilled. Those that were standing here with Christ should see it when the others could not discern it to, to be the kingdom of God, for it did not come with observation. It's very interesting. There, Jesus says, two different phrases he says you will see it but then it's he also says the kingdom of god doesn't come with observation he is saying you're going to see all this happen but you're not going to actually see the kingdom of god and that's how you that's how you do these interpretations in addition this interpretation is supported by matthew 26 and the high priest answered him and said I put you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you're the Christ, the son of God. Jesus said unto him, 
It is as you said, nevertheless, I say unto you, hereafter you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven after identifying himself as the Christ, the Son of God, the Lord applies Psalm 110.1 and Daniel 7 directly to himself. The phrase you will see is not a reference to the second coming, the final judgment or whatever. If you want to call it that, this is, I'm reading, I'm paraphrasing from somebody else. We have a little different view, but as a reference, this is a reference to Jesus' manifest of power and the destruction of Jerusalem and the Jewish nation. This point is evidenced from the phrase coming in the clouds, which scripture symbolizes as divine judgment and the word hereafter, which is equivalent to soon. Jesus is in essence telling the high priest and his accomplices that yes, I'm the Messiah. However, you will not see the power you expect in this office until I'm glorified and exhibit my power by destroying you and your unbelieving comrades. That was a lot. <clears throat> it was a lot. But that's that's the essence of, of the coming in the clouds and him coming. And so when you're seeing that he's coming and you'll see, these are the different scriptures. You'll see, but the kingdom of God doesn't come with observation. But you're going to see it. And every eye. Did every eye see the destruction of Jerusalem? No. Yes. That was yes. That was a okay. yes. That was a yes. Everyone could see the Yes, you know, at the time, yes, they saw it. Yes, everyone 100%. Knew and everyone could see would have known, yes. That part of Jesus coming. You're going to see it. You will see the Son of Man coming in his clouds of vengeance. You'll see the vengeance. You'll see my judgment. You'll see it. When you know it, when you see it, you'll know it. But what he was yeah. saying was, you're not going to see the kingdom. Okay. Well, and also what, what's important to know is it's the dominion. See, most people don't know what the kingdom of God is. They think it's a thing, a place, uh, you know, a building, whatever. Um, and, and I taught a lot on that. But the kingdom of God is the, the dominion of God that he originally gave Adam right. over creation. And so he was coming in, in the dominion of the king of kings at that point. King right. over the nations. Yes. Because he had been crowned king over the nations right. and then came back. <laughs> well, yeah. so I want to, what I, here's what I want to do. And you guys, here's the thing. I've, uh, Leah's got these blogs. They're already ready. They're ready. Yeah. They're already put together. Well, can I have we put go them to in the, the chat. Um, at least I, do the, um, I'll, I'll, before you get too far ahead of, of it, I want to hit. I want to, what mind. I'm saying is I want to unleash Corey and, and, and search yeah. for a little while. Because I know that you guys have stuff. Well, I just thought on, we could do on what we were um, talking about. So before we get to that, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. That's fine. We'll get to, that. That we get to, we'll get to that. But for right now, like on all that stuff that Leah just covered, yeah. I know you guys got something. Oh yeah, Corey, you have anything on the coming of Jesus? Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, he said it's going to happen in that generation, right? Yeah. They said, "What? Are, what's the sign of your coming?" of the destruction of the temple in the end of the age. He, they asked those three questions and he told them these would be the signs and all these things will happen in this generation talking to them, right? That includes his coming. And so we can talk about the destruction, the end of the age, and that's cool. But then when we talk about his coming as a day of judgment and he was seen in the clouds, we're like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Like all the other stuff, I'll follow you with that. But right. you're saying yeah. he came in the cloud. Yeah, he actually did. Right. And it was prophesied throughout the prophets that his coming was a day of destruction, a right. day of doom and gloom. Yes. Who can withstand the day of the Lord? And the thing about it is, it says this generation. People read that. You know, my son is seven. 
he has these books. He's homeschooled. He has these books and he reads stories. And at the end, he'll be like, Dad, can I read your story? I'm like, sure. And then he finishes the story and goes, all right, questions. I'm like, oh, whoa, yeah. I didn't know we were doing questions. And then it's asking you context. Who is this talking to? Where were they at? Yes. What were they, you know, and my son is seven and he does this thing better than these the theologians is what I call them, mm -hmm. um, he, where we have to realize Jesus is talking to his disciples about what they will see and what will happen in that generation. And if you want to actually be accurate, you need to let the Bible interpret the Bible about what a generation is. Mm -hmm. And a generation in the Bible is 40 years. Yeah. Right. If I say, hey, in, in my generation, um, I hope to get this accomplished or my generation hope it's 40 years. Even today, we got Gen X. Millennial, yeah. It's still pretty close to 40 years. Right. And so to think that that means 2000 years later isn't logical, even with the argument of with the day, you know, with the Lord, a day is as a thousand years. No, you guys use that one scripture to try to misconstrue things when a yeah. generation right here in, in Hebrews three. Verse nine, it says, where your ancestors put me to the test, though they had seen my works for 40 years, therefore is angry with that generation. So if we're trying to say he didn't fulfill those things within that generation, we're, we're basically calling Jesus right. a false prophet, yeah. a liar, right? Because we're saying Andy's he didn't do. get it. Yeah. Historians, atheist historians will look at this and say, well, it didn't happen. Yeah. But yeah. actually, I believe atheist historians studying AD 70 would be like, actually, I kind of think yeah. it did. The church <laughs> yeah, just exactly. doesn't right. I was wondering if one of you could read. It's a, one, if one wait, of let's, you, let's oh. search isn't done. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I, I think I would like to hit this a little bit um, simpler, I think. Um, can I share some different thoughts on this? Yeah. Random thoughts? This is a hang up right here. This is where we lose people because we've been taught that Jesus is going to come down out of the clouds and set foot on this earth again. Mm -hmm. And that's not what this scripture is saying. Right. And there's several ways to hit this. And, and Leah, you, you spoke a lot of them, but in the clouds, what is clouds? It's glory. Mm -hmm. What did the prophets prophesy? They prophesied judgment and salvation, the great and the terrible day of the Lord. Baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. Mm. It's always these two things. So we got two things going on here. As Corey said, that it's his coming was in coming in judgment. I'm going to show you that here in just a second through scripture. But also it's in the clouds. It's glory. Right. It doesn't say he's coming to the earth. It says he's coming in the clouds. He's coming in his glory. Right. He's coming in his kingdom. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? I let do. me let, let me read some of this right here. Coming in the Son of Man, in order to understand this, we must understand that he's speaking of, as Michelle said, Daniel, the Son of Man. He's quoting Daniel. Yes. And and every time in the Son of Man is quoted in Daniel, especially Daniel 7, it's within judgment. It's yes. a judgment scene, as Corey just said. Yes. Matthew 16, 28 speaks of some, as you said, some not living long enough um, to see the coming of the Son of Man. That John would be there, basically. Mark and Luke, which also also speak in reference of this time, speak of some living long enough to see the coming of the kingdom of God. Yes. Is how it's worded. Yes. Now you get so, me excited. The coming of the Son of Man is simply another way of saying the coming of the kingdom of God. Right. 
And so I'm going to quote something from Cindy Coates. She's a lady I follow, and she has a lot of good stuff about to say about this scripture. So I'm just going to quote her right quick, if that's okay. Mm -hmm. And she says, it is my assumption of many teachers that the words coming of the Son of Man must mean the second coming. Yes. But once we realize that Jesus is simply using a phrase from Daniel 7 to allude yes. of the whole prophecy, Boom. verses such as this once in Matthew are easily understood. Jesus yes. was not predicting his second coming. Yes. He was he was referring to the fulfillment of Daniel 7. Yes. His revealing of his kingship right. of the kingdom of God. Just right. what uh, you read earlier about a covenant was confirmed. Right. Which was all in already in, in existence. existence. So we've heard the term second coming of Christ as a phrase applied to modern times, but the yeah. term second coming is not even in the Bible. Yeah. It's the not... English Bible simply say coming. It does say just coming. Yeah. And it comes from the word parousia, which means yeah. presence. There's this great book, and this is where a lot of the guys who, um, it's so funny, guys. I haven't even read this whole thing yet, but all the big you haven't read it yet. You're always reading. This it. is a hard one. I gotta <laughs> tell you, I've read all of Ken Gentry's before Jerusalem fell before I could get through all this. But um, this is by Stuart Russell, and he wrote this in the 1800s. I think it's because it's written in 1800s under a pseudonym. A pseudonym at first, because it was so because it was controversial. Wow. Right. But yeah. this is the coming of the, the coming, the per, the Perusia, the coming of Christ. And I think we yes. do need to separate this whole idea because there is no well, second Serge, coming in the Bible. There's not. It doesn't yeah. say the word. Sir, do you remember when I got the when? I, and I need to go back yes. and find this because I don't have it. And I and I'm sorry, guys, that I don't. And I wish I had it for tonight's episode, but I will get it for you. The actual original breakdown of how this would have been worded. It's a coming. The coming of Christ literally means that word means to 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 start a thing. Right? Yep. Like, to start and yep. continue. I'm going running. Yes. I'm running. I am like running. Running water. Running. Right? And that's what it means. It means to start a thing and then it just keeps continuing, which goes exactly with what we have been told by Jesus himself. So the coming of Jesus yes. is like... It's it, a continual it's a thing. Continual it's kind of like how when he spoke and the earth created and it continues to create Corey's breeding dogs that is yes. literally the That's only good. reason why his dogs will reproduce is because right. back six thousand years ago jesus spoke it's a continual ripple that does not stop he's right. always coming he's always coming well he's and always... that's the increase of his increase. government there will be no end yeah. Come on! that's good that's yeah. good so, mind blown on the chat yep says Isaiah 41.10. Yeah. Serge, keep going. So one one way you can interpret this is that he's coming in the clouds in his glory. By the way, it's a cloud of witnesses. We're part of those witnesses, but he's coming in us. He's coming in his glory. Another way is parousia, coming, means presence. So you could say it's the Lord's presence. It's his presence. It's his presence. Oh, yes. Yes. So it says this, when Jesus spoke to his disciples about his future coming after he ascended, he was referring to a time of judgment that would occur in their lifetime. Mm -hmm. And when the temple would be destroyed, bringing an end to the old covenant messianic period. Jesus said his coming would be a time of the people to whom he was speaking, that mm -hmm. generation, as Corey just said. Yeah. Um, 
you disciples will not have gone through the cities of Israel before the Son of Man has come. Matthew 10, 23. You disciples will not have gone through the cities of Israel before the Son of Man has come. You can't get away. You can't get around that scripture. Yeah. Can't get clearer than that either. Yes. Exactly. Jesus is saying, I, you will not even get through these cities before I come back. Right. Some of you standing here will not taste death until you see me coming. He's yeah. not talking about a 2,000 year later coming. Right. So, Serge, can I say something real yeah, quick? Yeah, go for it. So, a lot of people, when we start talking about this coming as a day of judgment, and I love where you're going with also a day of salvation and glory, because we're going to get to that in Matthew 25. Yeah. Yeah. But the reason why some people get lost here is because they have painted this picture in their imagination of the coming of the Lord, right. not according to scripture. Right. They've painted it and you can ask them, what's the coming of the Lord about? You could take a hundred Christians and ask them, what's the coming of the Lord about? Right. And get a hundred different answers right. and a hundred different imaginations. Right. Why? Because they didn't understand that it meant Jerusalem, a day right. of judgment. Yeah. And a day of ushering in this kingdom on right. earth through the king of the nations. When he yeah. was in heaven, he got crowned king over the nations. So let me explain this scripture real fast. Matthew 16 and uh, 27. He's talking to his disciples. It says, for the son of man is to come with his angels. And, and we're going to get into this in 25, right? With his angels. But the son of man is to come with his angels in the glory of his father, and then he will repay everyone for what has been done. Mm. Truly, I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Mm -hmm. Talking to his disciples. And that's what we're talking about, reader relevance. Because sometimes he's talking to Pharisees, root of vipers, you know, but he's talking to his disciples. It says Jesus told his disciples, and then he spoke this to them. So... They were standing there. They saw this happen. It's not for us. And it's not pulling the rug out from you, seeing whatever you had in your imagination. You have to realize you have to get your imagination so powerful, guys. And when you have the wrong picture inside, it's hard to get it out. I get it. But the real imagination is thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The government, he brought the government and of its increase, there is no end. So what we need to imagine is that Jesus is already seated. He's king of the nations. And we are kings to reign on this earth, right? Mm -hmm. And so this stuff already happened. We need to realize it. Yeah. That is so good. Yes, I know, so good. keep going. I know you're not done yet. Well, I'm just going to end this right here because I like the way you ended that, Corey. You said you read this scripture. We don't go by just one scripture ever. We got to pull. We, we paint a picture. So it keeps pointing back to clouds, glory, kingdom. Most places say the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Right. Yes. And it, what did, where did Jesus say the kingdom was? Within. Within you. Yeah. That's his coming. It's yeah. within us. That's so good. Come on, Serge. That's, that's where I land with it. That's so good. And the kingdom does come within us. I was yes. wondering here, guys, um, these, I do want to, if we can finish Matthew 24, I think we can. And I was wondering if some one of you would just read... Um, where it says, and I know it's a, it's a large passage, but th th these all go together. It's kind of talking about how will this, how will this coming come from 32 down to the end? Uh, if some of you could read that, I think we can pop through these scriptures and kind of make them make sense because I think these, these are really easy to explain. 
Serge, read it. I want to do the Noah part. Okay. <laughs> I've been waiting Third. to do that one. I'm like, man, this one's so clear. But anyways. 32, starting in 32. And then uh, uh, just another good place to go that I've been really hanging out lately is Luke 17. Mm, yeah. Because it talks about a lot of this stuff in his kingdom and says that the, the, the generation must reject him first. Right. Come on. Yeah. And then... So we think it came when Jesus rose, but no, there was still a process being played out. First, yeah. The transitory had to reject him. age. Yeah. Yep. So learn this parable. Verse 32, learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branches have already been become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near at the doors Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Mm. Should, we, should we address that? Yeah, right go quick? ahead. Heaven and earth, over and over again. We talked about it. I could even post a little picture that shows heaven and earth and seas were the temple. Right. That's what they called the temple, heaven and earth. And I know that's hard at first for people to swallow, but once you start seeing that picture and you start seeing how the scriptures always apply to that, it, it's an easy one to swallow. But if they had always that's called it that, Serge, and that's what, right. we're, that's what we're trying to tell you guys, with yes. this is well, reader relevance. And then we read in Haggai, it says the earth and heavens will be shaken. Exactly. Yes. They, right? As soon as that and was then said, Hebrews, they would have known. Hebrews said the earth and heavens were being shaken yep. before AD 70. Right. Like it's, Isaiah it's 65. Like, Right? Also What's says, you know, behold, I'll create a new heavens and a new earth. I'll right. create Jerusalem <laughs> to be a delight. Like they, they called that area. Wait, the, the I'm so new. sorry. And I know we're running short on time. And Lee's <laughs> looking at like, listen, I will create a new heavens and earth. Okay. When we, when we see that God did not design his earth, the planet to ever be destroyed. It's no. antithetical to everything in the entire word of God and everything that we know about him. So if we have a scripture that says heaven and earth will pass away, right? But my word will not pass away. And then we have a, I will create a new heavens and a new earth. And they all knew that the, the heaven and the earth was the temple. And we know that we're the temple. It makes yeah. it stupid simple. I think, right. I think Corey wants to get to something about that. I'm sorry, go ahead. About well, once we get to the Noah part, I think well, he's going to get to that. Well, yeah, that, that's all That's all I had to say. But just to touch on that, how are we going to inherit the earth? How, you know, the, how are we going to possess the gates of our enemies? How are we going to bless all? There's so many scriptures. Yeah, there's no, how, God so loved the world. He sent his son to save it. Sozo the cosmos. <laughs> so it's not any destruction of the earth. It never was. Okay. Can somebody read uh, 30, yeah. maybe 36 Let's, through 41 then? I'm going to read 36. Yeah, and I'll, I'm gonna, we're going to release Corey on this. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my father only. But as the days of Noah's were, as the day of Noah was, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered, entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them away away so also will be the coming of the son of man then two Corey, you want me to keep going no let's pause for a second 
because there's a whole bunch of people talking about as the days of Noah, like it's right now. I've seen it. Like there's some genetic. Oh, I know. That's why we're going to touch on this because they think that that's talking about today that there's going to be giants and genetic modification. and, And because they're modifying genetics, which is not right, they think, oh, that's proof in time or the end is here and they don't even really know which end they're talking about <laughs> the end of the age the and if, if the, yeah the nephilims are back and the dinosaur some people are even trying to raise up dinosaurs i know yeah. you guys, but it's not what that's talking about if you read it in context listen it says th- there's actually something else but let's do a 36 or 37 but as the days of noah were so shall also the coming of the son of man be for as in the days that were before the flood they were eating and drinking marrying given in marriage until the day no entered the ark and they knew not until the flood came and took them away so they weren't paying attention they didn't know that a flood was about to come and wipe them out the people of that time did not know that jesus was about to come and sit as as judge of the nations judge of the tribes they did not know that the, the temple is about to be destroyed and one million Jews destroyed, killed. Right. They didn't know that that destruction was going to come. It's they. It's not about going back and reliving the right. Nephilim. It's about they didn't realize right. what was about to come upon them. Mm-hmm. Neither did that generation. They didn't realize he came in an hour that they knew not. So Corey, he came like a thief in the night. Corey, yeah, read it like sense. as, okay, so insert, pretend you're writing this. And it yeah. means what we're being told it means about the bloodlines and the Anunnaki and the Nephilim and all that. What would be, what would he be saying as in the days of Noah, what? So like as of how they're trying to what, interpret if, if it was now? What they're saying, how would the author have written it? Well, as in the days of Noah, so there will also be giants on the land consuming man and all that they eat. <laughs> And they will need to be destroyed by the angels of the Lord. Come on. But it doesn't but it say that. They, yeah, it doesn't say anything about that. It's they were unaware. That's the I didn't context. Know like my seven year old son could pull that context out. I didn't catch that until, yeah, until exactly. you just made him say it that way. And that's why I made him say it that way. I didn't I'm glad you picked it up because I wouldn't be able to do it, Corey. I didn't know what she was saying. I didn't know what she I meant. didn't either. The Holy Ghost did it. So. <laughs> <laughs> what does she mean? I'm like, oh. That's what my brain sense. thought, and then something came out. So, As in the days of Noah, there was the these big giants, and yeah, that makes sense. But it doesn't say that. No. Because they were unaware. They were not aware of that moment. They were not aware either when Jesus showed up. They were Come eating, on. drinking, married. Act, you know, they thought it was long time coming. And then what else happened after the flood? Jesus said, I will never again destroy the earth. Oh, exactly. we got But he will hope. destroy by fire. He got us on that one. Yeah. He said, Heaven's I earth, the temple. Fire. You. We about the fire. I said I wouldn't destroy it with water. <laughs> but I will with fire. That's what we're saying. That's what people tell me. No, no he didn't. He's not going to destroy it with water. He's going to destroy it with fire. And Look by the way, the father tells still, us stuff like that. We're, I'm we're never going to just talking. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I've, no, I was going to say we're still, we're still on the Mount of Olives to the disciples, by the way. And even yes. chapter 25, guys, still the Mount of Olives, disciples. 
All right. So two men will be in the field. One will be taking the other left. Two women will be the grinding rapture. at the hand mill. One will be taking the other left. How many people the grind rapture. their wheat? I rapture. mean, Lita does, but rapture. like that's not going to apply but it, right now. But they're talking about the rapture right here. That generation surge, they got raptured. So oh, okay. remember, this is in reference to Noah, right? Who wants to make that connection? You. Okay, so, yeah. so, so this is all in reference to Noah. This was this this is Meaning how it will come be. in like that. No, that's not what it means. The unawares. Well, yeah, but what it means is who was taken away during the days of Noah? The righteous. Or well, take okay, which way are you taking? So the, the, rapture, the, the evil rapture one says the righteous will be taken away, right? Right. But right. in the days of Noah, who was taken away? The unrighteous. The unrighteous were taken away. Because the righteous will never be removed, is what the Bible says. Come on. No, but this is not preach. a good thing. If All... you are taken in the field, that's Rome coming and grabbing you. But sir. Right. Good, I don't, good point. I think we could have just dismissed all Revelation Red Pill. We don't need any of this. We just need Corey's kingdom talk. We don't there need this go. stuff. <laughs> just summing up with what you said right there. The yeah. righteous will never be removed. Don't you but tell me that the wicked will not will remain in the land is the next part. Oof. Come on. We don't forget Revelation Red Pill. Done. We're just gonna go straight to Kingdom Roundtable. Well, no rapture. We don't need rapture's done with that. Rapture is obliterated with that one right there. I actually posted on Facebook how to destroy the rapture with one scripture. Proverbs 10.30. Wow. That's so, it right there. Didn't you guys address the rapture thing in the last couple of... Yeah, we did. Pills? We already addressed yeah. that scripture yeah, with that. I'm just saying... That's good. That's to, for people need to go back and listen. If you haven't heard it, We it is addressed in detail. Yeah. Yes. Okay, who wants to it do 40... Finished it off all the way. Yeah. Oh, do you need more? On that one? Because we no, keep going, Corey. Who wants to do 42? I'm good. I'm good. 42 Go. through 44. Now we're going to just talk about kind of like. Michelle. No, oh. I don't need to do nothing. Go ahead. Yes, you do. Read. <laughs> Therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready because the son of man will come. At an hour when you do not expect him. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So go. let's compare. The son of man is being compared to the person breaking into the house. Okay? It, the son of man is being compared to the thief? Mm -hmm. And then what yes. is he going to do? This doesn't make any sense. This is judgment. This is not rapture. It, it'll come in as a thief in the night and we'll all be raptured away. What? I have my entire life I have been told that the thief in the night is the rapture. Yeah, they have a whole movie on it. The thief in the night is the rapture. But why is Jesus stealing us? We're already his. Hmm. Good point. <laughs> Matthew yeah, 25. All right, keep going. Somebody else can go. 45. 45 this is end. what happens when you take one scripture and you start running with it. Right. And and something to keep in mind. We don't take we don't take Matthew 24:43 and say this is the topic at hand. Yeah. What's the topic at hand? Yeah. The destruction of Jerusalem and the temple. That's the topic. So well, and yeah. Go, sorry, ahead. go ahead. No, so no, what's what what's being spoken within the topic has to do with the topic. Not these 
what's the the content within the topic is not the topic if that makes sense yeah. mm -hmm. yes perfect that's not the hierarchy of what we're talking about it's it's within it and and it's still explaining as in the days of noah actually if you look at the context the thief in the night yeah. at an hour they're that's unaware good. that's yeah. what happened in the days of noah that's the context that's you good. know for the day of judgment that they, they didn't expect mm -hmm. that's good and the last thing they didn't know the day or the hour but he told them the generation just there had you to go. <laughs> who's gonna it. keep reading 40 we're just gonna finish it off who's gonna finish this i off? like the way michelle reads yeah michelle your turn <laughs> okay who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time it will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns truly i tell you he will put him in charge of all of his possessions but suppose mm. that that servant is wicked and says to himself my master is staying away for a long time and then he begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour he is not aware of he will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth so hang on a second because if now we've got the thief and the thief is coming to steal and the thief is coming for the wicked servant but we are not wicked servants who anybody that's not saved right now that's not either not jewish or not a christian how on earth can they be servants of god so you just put 42 together with 45 and that's how it should be done jesus is the thief and he's the master of the household and he's coming to punish these people and what did we just what did we just say about what happened to the temple it well they were beating each other they were they were the master found them beating his fellow servants and just you know living a debaucherous life and then he's going to throw him into the lake of fire <laughs> we're going to get yes. to that too because some people say oh no that's not real but uh yep it's real cut him to pieces this is not a nice thing the dismemberment cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth yeah. this is a kind. bad thing not nice and who is he talking to? He's talking to those Jewish leaders. His, who, was, who was Christ's main enemy the whole time he was on earth? Was it Rome? Who was Christ's antagonist? Exactly. Corey just said it. The Pharisees and the Sadducees. He, they, they were the ones, the mano a mano. They right? were the servant getting cut in pieces. I'm not a servant getting cut in pieces. They are supposed to be his servants. Are they not? And he's yes. going away, right? 40 years. And he's coming back. And cut when he comes back, he he's giving you a pieces. chance. He's giving you a chance. That's how we know. He's giving you a chance. He goes away. He's coming back. And then he destroys those people. Judgment must begin at the house of God. With these people. And not everybody. This is not anti-Semitic. These are very few people who were, some of them, some of the Jewish people. Do you know all like the first bishops were all Jewish? Did you know Peter was a Jew? You know, you know Jesus was a Meaning Jew. Meaning it's not anti-Semitic is what you're Stephen was a Jew. We're not talking about the Jews. 
okay? We're talking about a specific group of people who were tasked with something so precious. They muddied the waters. They wouldn't even let the sheep drink out of the water. They muddied it. This is these are the these are the servants we're talking they're about. They're giving the scrolls and they're saying, "Wait for the Messiah and tell the people when I come." Hmm. And instead, they kill him. And that's literally 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 one of the parables that jesus gives remember yeah the i was gonna say the parable of the the farmer with the tenants and they they killed the the first one the second one then he sent his son they killed him what do you think the master will do when he returns mm -hmm. same did, thing did anybody else kill jesus no you guys the great great tribulation cannot be for anybody but that but those people that killed the son of god jesus is all of this is the, the weight of the proof text. That 8070 was everything that Jesus was talking about, the judgment, the vengeance, everything. It's it's mind-boggling that people can't see it. One here's the thing. I want to remove your stuff. We're, we're, Corey keeps saying the rug pulled out from under you. All right, let's just pull. I just want to pull a little bit of it. We don't need to pull the whole thing. I mean, it's easier if it goes fast. I'm like, I'm the rip the band-aid off, right. you know, reset the bone quickly. But if you need it slow, that's fine. You all at least have to go with us on this. The tribulation. The great tribulation. The great tribulation cannot ever apply to a future generation. Right. That's true. Hands down. Just and going to Luke 21, because I feel like it says just a couple more cool things. He says, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. Did, did Ro the yes, Roman army trap the men? For it will come on all those who live on the face of the, the, the whole earth. That word earth is the word used, and I don't have my blue letter Bible up, but it meant the land. That's why it says earth. That's the land, the land of Jerusalem, the land of Josephus Judea. says, and we declare this tonight, we show this tonight, that he said that it was it they the three million Jews that were in Jerusalem at the time, it was like a prison for them. You said yeah. trap. Yeah, and they and I don't have time to do the land part, but just go with me because I it's it's in it's that's that word means the land, the Jewish land. Be always on the watch. He's he's looking at people and talking to them in the face. He's I'm going to get to something just real quick. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape what is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the son of man. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is what? About to happen. It's about to happen. I wrote so, some. Go ahead. I was just going to say what we're getting into next, people need to understand is probably even more important than what we've said in Matthew 24 mm. because they're talking about what is about he keeps talking about what is about to happen when he comes see we're gonna explain when he came we've got to the point of the clouds but Matthew 25 is just as important because that's the ushering in of something completely new on yes. planet earth that wasn't here 
Yes, completely new. Now, I'm not, here's the deal, guys. I'm not in any hurry in these episodes. I don't think that we need to rush through anything. Yeah. Because I know that it's late, and I don't, we always go three hours, but you guys don't have to. Yeah, I think, well, I think we should be getting wrapping it up. I think we can up. start to wrap we it up. We got through Matthew 24. Let's plan on doing 25 next week if you guys can come back. Well, you, we were either going to do that or the land promises, remember? You were, were you getting we the do, chickens? I think you were getting the chickens. I guess I was I getting that. the chickens. Can we can Well, we I just wanted to point out that there's a place where we're going to go that is important you know yeah. because we're talking about that him coming as a thief in the night and everyone will be repaid right. right the righteous for what they've done and the wicked for what they've done and we need to understand that there was a, a key thing that that happened and and i i would say this just before they see us speak uh, along the next lines in this Go through and read 23, 24, 25 together mm. and realize that all of it is connected with terminology like and at that time. Yeah. And right right when this happens, at this time, at that time, then this will happen. It's yeah. all connected. Um, and if you read that together, even tonight, you're going to probably see where we're going with this. That's really, yeah, if I, you read Matthew 25, and we'll 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 think about how we want to do it, because Matthew 25, that could be a whole episode. Point is, we're bringing yeah. Serge and Corey Definitely. and probably Jason back next week. So yeah. I want you yeah. guys to look forward to that. Uh, KJ in the chat, I'm so excited. I, I want you to confirm with me in the chat, is tonight your first revelation, Red Pill? Because they keep saying things like this. Feels like the weight of a freight train has been lifted yes. off of me. Yes, that's a <laughs> lot of weight. That's why that's we're good. doing this series. Right? Yes. It's the gospel. Isn't it amazing? It sets you free. How how great scary news. how scary the great tribulation has been made to people? It's satanic. It's it is not of God. It is it is doctrines of demons. It brings See, fear of God. It's a, the, an unhealthy fear. It's the anti. It it is anti. -Christ. Actually, I don't even think it brings fear of God. I think it brings fear of the devil. Yeah. There I think you go. it brings fear of evil. I think it, it exalts evil above God. Yeah, and we're supposed to cast down anything that exalts itself. Above the observer says, it does because it makes people. Yeah, it makes people think that we're about to get defeated by some demonic power. Yep. It does, and it and it makes the devil so big. So Van in the on Facebook says, "Best Red Pill Wednesday yet." Kathy says, "Thank you all. This was great. I I do feel like this was a really good one, and I think they're all really good, and including yeah. um. And I want to give you guys a chance to do some final thoughts, but before yeah. we get to those. Um, guys, it's really important that you're tuning in to the Kingdom Roundtable they on Mondays. They take a different because they're giving. Need. So we're we're empowering because KJ feels very empowered. A lot of, a lot of weight. Then what do you do with it? How do you apply it? And Corey and Surgeon Jason and guests occasionally we're there and 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 other people, but they are then taking you and showing you. So what does the kingdom look like in it. government? What does the kingdom look like in your life? What is how do we apply the kingdom? That's why it's called the Kingdom Roundtable. Mm -hmm. It's so good. Yeah, it's a discussion type platform where we we brainstorm and talk and hear what you guys have to say because we're literally in uncharted territory because there's been these dams stopping people from looking forward into the future yeah. and now we're opening those say hold on now we are actually supposed to have dominion and restore this world how do we do that 
And then also Breakaway Kingdom Hub. So you guys can follow Corey and uh, Serge and Jason all on Facebook. They all have Facebooks. And BreakawayKingdomHub.com, Serge has been putting out some absolute really great. killer, very swallowable podcasts. Yeah. Um, and, and, and shareable. And they're very shareable. So that's in the... Um, the un, under the more tab under mm -hmm. media and resources mm -hmm. everything that Serge is knocking out of the park is right there um so am i right about that Serge? most of it most yeah of it? most of it are the kings and priests podcast okay but you can you can get to everything through breakaway even your stuff's on there and so oh yeah. that's awesome and Corey's got a book. And Corey has a book born again as kings you can get that on amazon yes. prime today and you should yep. Um, yep. you see this is my, a shareable book my notes, this is I have little and that's spots. your second one isn't it yeah uh, I think it might I'm not sure. um the this is so what you want to help people like somebody said in the chat it's going to take me a long time before I'm able to present this to right. somebody well you don't have to because you don't have to you can just give them that book yes yeah. just exactly. give them Corey's oh, no. book and just say just read this because there's been so many people that I've heard from Corey's think... testimony like they got this book and they're like it changed everything for them. These yep. two books. So Go over a little Co bit. Oh, this way. Corey's this this book here the last is according to is Jesus what Leah and Leah and Michelle are doing on their Revelation Red Pill. Corey's book that's is good. how you apply that's, it in oh, everyday so life kingdom. That's really so good. you mm -hmm. need them. I would say get them together and and you could even give them to your friends. Like hey. Maybe we'll get some dispensational stuff out of your brain. Foo. Don't say hey, don't say it that don't way. Don't you them. want to know what the kingdom has for you? Say it that way. That kind of mm -hmm. say it the second way. All right, let's wrap up. Let's give our final thoughts here. Uh Corey Serge, who wants to go first? Go ahead, Corey. My dogs are barking. You, I hear them. They're first. awesome. They're okay. They're not that loud. Right now. Okay. So we hear you way louder over the dogs. All right, cool. So, yeah, guys, I don't know. Um, I think it's important that we just realize it doesn't have to be difficult. Yeah, see, you guys are probably okay. going to have to. Okay, you mute yourself. Serge will go, and then when they're done barking, we'll let you go. Because I know you can't think with dogs barking. I live with it. Yeah. Go ahead, Serge. So I don't have a whole lot to, to end with. Just that what we've stated earlier, there's so much that points to, to this not being a future thing. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about when when we first started talking about Matthew 23 and 24, and then today, somehow, I don't know how we got through it, but we got through the whole thing. But we talked about how, who it was addressed to, Sadducees, Pharisees, the, the rulers of the old covenant, the ones who sat in Moses' seat, the Old Testament governance, mm -hmm. that's who it was written to. Matthew 24, they start talking about the temple, Jesus when are these things happening? And he points at the temple. By the way, Matthew 23, he's warning those people I just stated. 20, 24, he points at the temple, says, when will these things happen? And then he starts laying those out. And then we went through it in detail today. And it talks about this generation. And then we, we debunked the thing about how we've misinterpreted what the coming of the Son of Man in his kingdom that, that, that changes everything. Yeah. So there's so much that you would have to disregard to look at this and make it sound like it's for a future thing. Actually, yeah. you can't even do it. Now that we've shown you, you can't even try to make this sound like it's mm -hmm. something in the future. Right. It just doesn't fit. So with that, I get a lot of people that say, 
well, what's the point now? Why are we here? And that's what Corey was saying. We're getting ready to go into Matthew 25. And here's the punchline. For me, this is the punchline I would give. We are in the restoration of all things. We get to be a part of restoring this world back to God's intent. And so that's, that's so good. it's a good time. I'm driving around yesterday. I got a little bit of revelation the last few weeks and I'm driving around yesterday and I can't even see the grass on the ground the same. And I can't see the trees the same. I'm like, I'm in the process of partnering with God to literally bring restoration to this earth. And I'm seeing it unfold before my eyes and it's glorious. That's awesome. Reconciliation, the, the word means we're, we're ministers of reconciliation, being brought back into our original positioning of divine favor and not just us, creation. So you're, you're connecting back to your original design to be connected to creation and to each other. So I'll, I'll just close with this, guys. Some of you are, are saying, I don't know how I'm going to share this. Well, You'd be surprised how many people actually already know this. Yeah, that's true. That are not sharing it because they're afraid and and maybe they feel like they don't have all the ammo. Leah's sitting there with a a pile of ammo, right? You can take my blog, yeah. Yeah, use her blog. So we already have resources out there that you can share with people. And so I would say, guys, we need help getting this message out there Come because, on. look, these, these other messages out there are teaching kids like when you things are supposed to get worse and worse because they're teaching as if they're in that first century because mm-hmm. they haven't been taught it happened. So what's happening is the church is being paralyzed by the modern day doctrines in the church. Right. Saying the anti, these people are, are believing, good people are believing the Antichrist is supposed to rise. We're all supposed to get some mark. We're all supposed to get defeated. When I was talking about the first century. So we Wait, have, how did you just say that? The church is being paralyzed by the modern day teaching of the Antichrist? The, the modern day church doctrines, okay. you know, whether you rapture, whatever, believing that things are supposed to get worse and worse yeah. rather than heaven is invading. They're talking about hell invading. Right. Jesus yes. didn't say to pray right. that. So yes. we got to get this message out. We have a moral responsibility. We have a kingdom responsibility. If you understand what we're saying, you don't have to have it all figured out. But at least we got to stop people from thinking, forget this world. Just give me yes. Jesus, because that's not biblical. Bible says we're, we're reconciling the world back to God. Yeah. And, and so I would just say you don't have to have it all figured out. But any little thing you can do. We had I have a Bible study group with some mm-hmm. awesome women. And they're like, Corey, you got to meet this guy. And they just took one of my books to his neighbor and had the neighbor bring the book over. He ended up calling me, read the whole book, and it empowered him to open himself up and just tell it plainly. He's been sitting on it for like 20 years Mm. and never told it plainly because he didn't think people were ready. Now he's like, man, Mm. God spoke to me, said they're ready. And so so you don't realize... like Matt and Joy, right? They they are powerful in this. I'm like, oh my gosh, where's this guy been? Right? So there are so many people that when nudged, they unlock and they're sitting on treasures. And uh, you guys have treasures in you as well to contribute, you know? Mm. Uh, before we continually talk about these things, we're continually sharpening each other. And so just stick around and uh, check out some more of the resources. No, that's so uh, Michael good. on Facebook wants to know resources in Spanish. Do we know of it? Uh, bueno, mi esposa. Uh, I, 
my, my, my wife has it all in Spanish, all right, my book. And so we don't have a bunch in Spanish yet, but my book is completely translated in Spanish. I just haven't published it yet. That's Come on. Oh, so That's good. It'll be out. That's awesome. awesome. That's so cool. All right, so my final thoughts on this are, are very uh, simple. When we're talking about Matthew 24, I want you guys, I want to speak to those, and, and most of you guys are there. I would say 95% of you guys are here for the, the, the speedy thing. Like, let's just go. Let's just do it. There, I want to speak to the 5%. Matthew 24 is one of the greatest apologetics, aka proofs, that Jesus is who he says that he is and was who he said that he was and did what he said that he was going to do. Yeah. And if we as the body of Christ are not going out and preaching Matthew 24 with the historical context of what happened, then we are not preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't care who you are. Okay. And so at the very least, you can, whatever you want to come up with after we pull Matthew 24 from your end times mindset, you can have your end times mindset with everything else, but you don't get to have Matthew 24. You, that one is not one that you get to use, but you do get to use it for proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ and that he really and truly was the son of God. And it's, and, and that's why I put in the, in the description of today's show, one of the most powerful chapters in the entire Bible is Matthew 24 and what Jesus said he was going to do and the proof that it happened in 70 AD and not just 70 AD because we see the fulfillment of Matthew 24 and Serge is going to get into this continually. It was happening literally from the time that Jesus died until 70 AD. It was a process. And, and as a matter and of fact, process that continues. it starts all of Jesus's coming starts at his birth and does not complete. Well, it really doesn't complete because we were saying that it that it can, can continues to come. But this, the prophecies and all of this stuff, it's a seventy year process. Okay, give or take a few years on your timeline, and that's how we need to understand everything. And outside of that, you won't get it. But within it, Revelation makes sense, Daniel makes sense, and all of these hard to read and hard to swallow things make sense. The devil is the author of confusion. So if the end times has been confusing for you your entire life, then ask yourself, where did it come from? That's so good. So my final thoughts are God keeps his promises. There are a lot of timestamps that we can see in the New Testament when it comes to Jesus' coming or returning. And no passage is uh, clear on when, um, no, no passage is more clear uh, on when Jesus is going to return than Matthew 24, Luke 21, and Mark 13, otherwise known as the Olivet Discourse. Jesus mentions a lot of things that are going to happen, most notably that the temple would be destroyed. At the end of, of going through all of this, he looks at the disciples and he's in, in the eyes and he says, you guys, this generation will not pass until all these things are fulfilled. For the past 2,000 years, each generation has grasped onto a promise that is not theirs. Mm. And you're disappointed in God. And you've been disappointed because that's not your promise. Everything that Jesus promised in Matthew 24, and that was to that was to somebody else, okay? But you know, um, 
You know, there's all these people that believe that Jesus is going to come back in their lifetimes. I understand what it means to receive a promise from God and not see it fulfilled right away. And I'm sure some of you do too. I was talking to God today about some promises that he's promised to me. And, and then I was thinking about those who were waiting for Jesus to come back and they died. And he said to me, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. But it did seem like he was being slack for a short period of time. Jesus rose into heaven and until he came in, in power and poured out his vengeance and justice, he had promised. There were a lot of scriptures in the New Testament telling people, hang on, he's coming. He's coming. I know he promised it. I know we heard it. I know, I know he's going to do this. Many people are believing for their promises in the New Testament that are not theirs. But I want you to know that if God gives you a promise to stand on that, God is constantly speaking to his people, just like he did with Abraham, Sarah, and Jacob, and David, and later on with the apostles. And as we showed you tonight, Matthew 24 is fulfilled. Some of you might feel sad that you were waiting on a promise. And now you don't know what to look for. But what's the good news? My God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. A lot of you want Jesus to come back and bring vengeance and justice. And guess what? He wants to too. You know, Paul says, he says, seeing it is a righteous thing for God to repay tribulation to those that trouble you. Do you know that's the same thing? It wasn't, it's not, not more righteous back then than it is right now. If it was righteous for God to repay for those, those Christians that to, to stop that from happening from punish, from persecutions, it's righteous today. Okay. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He is going to set a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Your cup is going to run over. We, we can learn a lot from Matthew 24 and AD 70. It wasn't just an event to look back on. It's a precedence. God is constantly now judging the righteous. It, you know, when he, began to, when he separated the, the goats from the sheep, when you die, you're still separated. <laughs> okay? He's still bringing the justice and the judgment because that is who he is. You are reigning now as a king and a priest. Some are going to go to everlasting torment, the lake of fire. But there was a generation that saw God's hand move in a mighty way. And we can be a generation just like that. God doesn't want wickedness to continue. But it's up to, each, it's up to each generation to call upon those promises. To look towards what were those promises. What was the covenant God made with Israel? And what is the covenant he's made with us now? Why didn't other, other generations see God move in their lives like the founding fathers did? The founding fathers put themselves in a position to be blessed by God. They humbled themselves. They sought him. When things went crazy, they had days of fasting and prayer. You're now a king and a priest. You reign with him. You are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. We have to understand what the promises of God are for today and how do we apply those? How do we call upon those? How do we unlock those? Corey has a great teaching we're going to talk about. I don't know if we're going to talk about next week or which, which week we're going to do it. Maybe next week we're going to do Matthew 25. But don't you will always be disappointed if you're trying to grab on somebody else's promises, somebody else's prophecies. But God has words from you. We have apostles, we have prophets, we have evangelists, we have preachers, we have teachers. God has words to speak over your life. If, if you open up the Bible, he's going to speak things to you and you hang on to those. You hang on to those like Abraham and Sarah hang, hang on, hung on to those promises. And I'm going to, I'm going to, 
stand with you on what Serge just said and what Corey's doing down in Nicaragua, which you guys really, really, I can't wait till he kind of shows you and begins to tell you a little more about it because it's amazing. Hmm. The heaven, heaven is invading earth. And we, and because I hear people say, well, now what do we have to look forward to? Heaven invading what? earth, being part of that every single second of every single day your life after this episode has just begun for eternity good things god has good you have no idea jesus said the good things that he has stored up for those who love him the good things you don't you don't need a thousand year reign that it you know that's kind of confusing and is it the jews is it us you're reigning now you are reigning now and you will continue to reign. Here's the thing. You don't need a thousand year reign because you reign in now and you reign in forever. It doesn't stop. Okay. So that's my final thought. Amen. That's good. I got nothing after that. No. All right. Let's, good. let's close in a uh, quick prayer because it's late. One person, one person who wants to volunteer. Go for it, Michelle. You volunteer. What? Did you just volunteer me? I was volunteering you people. All right, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for these words. Thank you for these men of God that have come onto our podcast uh, tonight to, to speak these truths and to affirm, essentially, um, what God gave Leah in his blog, which is really, really important to have, you know, the mouth of two or more witnesses. And that's what we've come here tonight to do. And, and I just thank you for the words that you've given to Corey, that he's been in this fight for so long, that he's been helping the uh, kingdom of heaven to invade earth. And I thank you that you have given so much wisdom to surge and that he has such a passion. And I thank you that we, they're able to come and, and give this to people who are hungry. And I thank you for the people that are hungry for this, that they are here. And I pray that you bless them, that as they take these words that have been uh, seated inside of themselves, that even though they feel inadequate to share it to others, that you will give them the words to speak and that the Holy Ghost will just flow out of their mouths when they're talking to somebody and that you will give them opportunity, that you will soften the hearts of the listeners as they speak to people and that this message will continue to spread and it will squash out the false dispensational teachings of the past 150 years. We will eradicate this from the church. And as soon as we do, we will leap forward light years of where we should have been in this stagnant past 150 years. We will make up for it like that. Yes, like it never Lord. happened in the name of Jesus. We decree it and we declare it and we will be able to walk into governments and we will be able to walk into places where there are rulers and principalities and we will just cast them aside in the name of Jesus. Get out the way. We're coming through. Like Serge is always saying, the devil is afraid of us. We are sending him on the run. And so I thank you for Father God, in the name of Jesus, that these demons and these demonic principalities will know the name of the Resistance Chicks family. They will know the name of the Breakaway Kingdom Hub family and the name of the Kings and Priests family and the name of uh, we are born again as kings and the, 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 the Kingdom Business Lifestyle Corey Gray family, that they will know our names and they will fear and tremble and they will get out of the way before we even get there Amen. in the name of Jesus. And we cast them into that lake of fire, yes. never to be seen or heard from again. So Lord God, we give you all glory, honor, and praise. Seal up these words, seat them in the hearts of the listeners, and may they be able to take this forth to the world and to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is good news.
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Awesome. I promised Michelle was going to be a two-hour show. It was three, mm. but you're welcome. Uh, Oops. It was packed. It was an action-packed three hours. It was an action-packed three like hours. like Lord of the Rings with 100 endings. It was. But I know that you guys enjoyed it. Uh, Salty Mama says, in agreement, amen. Thank you, Jesus Christ. I knew I was not crazy. Glory, glory, <laughs> hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> John Bruno says, amen. Van says, that was beautiful. All right, you guys, all of your messages, when you leave these comments, whether it's on uh, the Breakaway Kingdom Hub or, or Corey's stuff or ours, when you say, this is resonating with me, I don't think you guys quite grasp. We'll share them with each other. We'll send them to each other yeah. in messages, just what that means to us. So for you guys to say yeah. that, just know that you are encouraging us. And I want to thank you for that. I've so. never done anything in my life where people come up to me and say, Thank you so much. I am just so relieved. I'm like, like yeah. I've given them a million dollars or paid off their mortgage or something. Well, like it's that heavy. Yeah. Well, right. It, I didn't do it. It's, it may result in that. Actually. You are free to live now. You're free life to live. And life abundantly. Good deal. All right. We love can you guys. I, can I do a little promote right quick? 100%. Sure. So this Saturday, we're having an event in Tulsa, Oklahoma at She Brews Coffee House. And she brews is a ministry. So we're teaming up located? with them. It is located in the Kendall Whittier area. Okay. One North Lewis, very simple address. One North Lewis in Tulsa. Yep. Saturday, six o'clock. And if you're looking for a community to get plugged into and you're around Tulsa, come see us. Yes. Go to the breakawaykingdomhub.com. You've already had somebody come from Revelation Red. Yes. Mr. And they've Ed. joined your community. That's right. We call Mr. it a community, Ed. a.k.a. church. Okay, but yeah. we don't like the word church. So the it's ecclesia, the ecclesia, whatever. Um, shout out to Ed. Yes. Ed. Shout out to, out to Ed, Ed there. All right, you guys, we'll see you next week with right. Serge and Corey, and we're gonna harangue Matthew Jason, twenty-five. Matthew twenty-five, and and maybe we'll get into the the Corey thing. We'll see. We'll, we'll see, see what time we got as the Lord leads. So be there, be square. We have moved the time from 7.30 to 8 so that we can stay out in our garden a half an hour longer before we do these shows um, on Wednesday. So just take note of that. And we'll see you guys next week. Don't forget to share this everywhere you possibly can. And tune in every Monday, 7 p.m. Central Time on the Kingdom Round Table. That's where it's at. All right, we'll see you guys. God bless. Oh, every day, so afraid, but you go.